The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. Hey everyone, this is Andy Vockler from the Villagers Bone Fishing Lodge on Christmas Island, also known as V-Man, or to some, Andy from the Forum. Anyway, put your feet up, make yourself a good strong cup of Nescafe Blend 43, because you're about to be entertained by Australia's premier podcast, The Intermediate Line, with your hosts Chris, and of course, the dulcet tones of Volsey. This episode of The Intermediate Line is brought to you by Manic Tackle Project. The only company who knows fly fishing as well as you do. And Beast Brushes, Australian made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Your plan is, mate, but I'll hit record. Really? Yeah, well, we've got, yeah, we're going our, into this blind, but I trust you. Our, our, yeah, our plan is just to talk. Just talk. We got this then. We got this. Yeah. How you been, dude? Good, thanks. What have you been up to? <laughs> uh, work. Hardcore work. Work? Yeah. Tell me about work, mate. Do you really want to? Okay, I'll talk about work. Uh, I'm, I make brushes and I like lamp. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. I mean, uh, I, I should probably say to to uh, shout out to the people. I, I am, I am a day behind in uh, making brushes and I'm close to two. So I mean, I apologise for the delays. Man, postage is so slow at the moment. Not from Queensland, but uh, I ordered something from Victoria the other day, and it's 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 estimated to take a week. It's quicker to get something from the United States for me. Than it is from Victoria at the moment. Fucking incredible, eh? What? What's going on there? Not, not kidding you. You know, um, I ordered some stuff for some from some other bits and pieces, some car parts to, uh, for the Land Cruiser, and um, and they're coming up through postage, like just standard postage. A, a week and a half, man, is what they're estimating for just standard postage. God, what could be worth it from Victoria, mate? <laughs> I don't know, mate. I, my, the mind boggles, but I'm sure there's something, you know. It's a part. Yeah. I need the part. You it's a uh, flux flux capacitor. Oh yeah, yeah. So you can fly back in time, back to the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I can visit some people in Tasmania. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. What would you 1989? do? 1989, huh? 
What would you do if you go back in time in Tasmania? What would you do? I don't know, mate. Probably probably put carp in other ponds instead of one. I don't know. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> mate, I reckon for a split second there, there were some blood pressures that just went through the roof, like, really quickly. Oh, man, there would have been some smashed wirelesses. What? Oh, he's joking. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> oh man yeah no uh um oh raids app came back which was pretty exciting in yes, beast studios raids well, it was back was back what do you mean was back fucking sold out in like 24 hours the fucking first batch i got it's fucking Seriously? incredible yeah well it's the, it's the it's i mean it's been anticipated for a while you know it, you know everyone knows it's great stuff but the new formula is pretty cool the, um, huh Tell me about the new formula. Oh, the new formula is an improvement on the old formula. It was made by the old guy. The Raids app's changed hands now. So Raids app has, um, is now owned by a Canadian company. Um, yep. It was previously owned by a Danish company. And we had Klaus, the previous owner, on the show, as people may or may not remember. He was a barrel uh, of loss. Yeah. Uh, barrel of loss, mate. Yeah, uh, great grasp on the English language, too. It was good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway... Um, <clears throat> He made a new formula before handing it over. It was sort of part of his deal. While it, um, while he was still working on it the whole time, while it was not operating, you know, um, without getting into why it wasn't operating, it is now. Yep. The new formula is great. Like it's uh, like the flex, for example, is not only flexible; it's, it's elastic. You know, I haven't had to muck around with it too much, but um, but so far for the stuff that I have mucked around with, it's, it's great. And and you know, like I don't stress when I get it on my skin. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Does it still uh, smell similar? You, you mean as in you can't smell it? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yep, yep. It's um, still, you know, like the, the super thin is equivalent to sort of any of the ultra thins, like bone dry and stuff like that. About half the price. It doesn't have hardly, like, I mean, that's, that's the most juiced up resin of the lot, like in any brand, you know, like the super thins and stuff. Um, you start watered down. Is that what you mean? Or? No, no. It's it's got more hardener and it's got more um more more catalyst in it because it's such a thin section. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, those yep. catalysts that are in in those resins in any type of resin generate a certain amount of heat to uh to to you know create the reaction or speed up the reaction. Hence the name catalyst. Um, and uh, and when it's and the thinner any resin is, the uh the less the less body or, or mass it's got to generate that heat so it needs more catalyst the thinner it is if you know what i'm saying yeah i gotcha yeah yeah that's why thicker resins require more time to set you know uh-huh. yeah so um i lost track of what i was talking about i'm sure it was something interesting though new formula new formula yeah new formula <laughs> has uh, has the price adjusted much or what? uh it's actually cheaper you serious yeah it's actually cheaper now, um, and for that reason, you, you'll only find it at Beast Brushes. Won't be in anyone else's store. Yeah, right. Okay. At least for the time being. But for the time being, it's like that. It's um, it's cheaper than than anything else on the market, and it's um the highest performing uh, resin on the market. And um, as you know, we used to be able to say it's non-toxic, but because you can't, it's not designed for food. We can't assume that people aren't idiots and hear the word non-toxic and try to put it in their mouth so make it what you will but it's the safest stuff on your on the market for yourself your kids 
your dog, your cat, you know. Imagine if Chewy chewed it up, you know, accidentally. You <laughs> know, you Chewy. don't have to rush to the poisons unit. Right. Gotcha. That's, yep. that's a relief. It's a massive relief, mate. All you need to do is take Chewy out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> You've got yourself a, a, a pet that will last forever. <laughs> Stuffy the Wonder Dog. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting all those resins eh? like um did you know that um that that not all the resins are the same the same as like any other you know fiberglass or or resin based system you know it's uh like a boat for example like you know you got polyester vinyl ester all those ester sort of resins epoxy um and uh you know they're just not all not all the same did you know that i did suspect they weren't all the same but i'm sure you're going to tell us more yeah, so, uh, so what, are the broad, what are the broad sort of uh, categories? You, you mentioned the esters. Is there urethanes as well? Yeah, well, that, all, well all I'm going to talk about there, I mean, I, I sell um, Loon, Solares, and Raytap, but um, hard to know what Loon is because you can't, just can't get an MSDS. It's um, right. tried many times, but, um, you know, you can see in the Solares SDS, um, SDS or MSDS, it's a vinyl ester. Um, you can see in the Razat one that it's a, it's a urethane, and if you look, you know, if you go and have a look, what urethane is used for, it's used for a lot of stuff with a UV set urethane. Most impressively, it's um, using contact lenses, you know, as because of its um, low toxicity. Well, there you go. That's that's really handy to know, mate. If it's good enough to have near your eyes, then it's good enough and, to have your And the level of and the level <laughs> of performance, you know, like it must have, you know, to be able to be used yeah. there and not break up or anything like that. So. It's pretty interesting because I've heard people, you know, in pre- previous times when I've been, um, you know, wholesaling the product that uh, I've had, I've, it's come back to me that some places have told people that it's exactly the same stuff as every other brand and it's just not true. And I just find it interesting that um, that, that subject very rarely comes up. You know, people talk about which resins they like best and what's what's their favourite and you'll peep, it's, same, it's like sunglasses. You know, ask people what their favourite sunglasses is and you'll just get a, a heap of different answers and they all seem to be based on well that's what i bought and because i'm not an idiot it's the best trust me but yeah. you know when you get into the ins and outs like when you listen to doug talk about tonics for example and what goes into it and what they're made of and you can sort of then make an informed decision the same thing with resin there's be- when i see those discussions open up on flight timing pages i very rarely hear anyone talk about the composition and and the properties of that composition uh same with the torches as well, you know? Like, as you know, like in, in, I know you don't want to get into what industry you're in, but I know you're involved in it as well, but, you know, UV lights aren't all the same either. Like, visible spectrums um, will vary the performance in not only set and resin, but other uses it gets used in, as whether it be, you know, uh, available light for, again, I, I, I'm going to struggle to say this any further without, you know, talking about what it relates to you with, but, um, uh, but you know what I mean, right? Like it's um, you know, like the the difference between three sixty five wavelength to three ninety five is is huge, Correct. you know. Yeah, but they're, they're two common spectrums you see in a, in a UV torch. And as the as a consumer, you know, it's just we're just led to believe the uh, the marketing and um, and um, yeah, this this is a good torch without explaining why. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, LED manufacturers too, they. Um Typically, even though they might choose a, they might be um, manufacturing a nominated wavelength. They'll um, uh, the typical run is around a million chips, right? Um, and from there, they're they're actually graded 
um, in accordance with how well they match the um, uh, the specification that they're, they're being made for. So um, from there, you know, you could have uh, they separate them into what they call bins, mm. and you know, so a lot of LED products, uh, more expensive ones, are made with top bin um, LED chips. So um, so they're they're probably closer to the specified um, uh, wavelength Wave- that yeah yeah. So there's even even though someone might be selling one that says, you know, three three sixty or three seventy, it might actually might not actually be that, you know. Depending on the on what bin it's being graded into at time Correct, manufacture. Yeah, yeah. And, and price is reflective of that a lot of times. I'm not saying you can get a lower quite a lower spec product. Um, uh, well, it's hard to get a high quality product that's that's cheap. You know what I mean? Like you you mm. might. Yeah, if that happens, it's normally by accident. But if they're, if they're attempting to get a price, then that generally drives the, um, you know, the possibility of inconsistencies. So, mm. yeah, interesting. It's, it's, yeah, it is interesting, you know. And I guess um, in relation to Raid's app, and if at this point you're thinking to yourself, oh, fucking hell, man, is this another ad? Well, it's not an ad. It's just an interesting discussion. But, yeah, I fucking sell Raid's app, mate, you know. So, you know, don't be surprised. But if, if you don't want to know, then who cares? You don't want to know. You can't. You won't be told. But yeah, yeah. some people do, it, do, do want to do what know. you like. Yeah, yeah, that's it. People of do course. want to know that there's the information. You know, yeah. Coming off day and, and congratulations on winning. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was heading towards one of the interesting things I I, I liked when got on um on board with Raids at was um, you know, although they sell, uh, I mean, not not a cheap torch. It's a well spec specified torch. Um, um. A lot of the retailers told me I should be selling it dear, more expensive than I am, and I'm like, it's not fair. But anyway, um, so I kept it the price. It's actually cheaper than the other what it was. Um, it, you know, like it's hard to sell something like that when the manufacturer makes a product that can be set with any torch. You know, at the end of the day, and um, I seen Klaus in the early days bragging about it and showing showing video of setting it with. Uh, he said he got this little UV light out of his out of his son's book for revealing invisible ink. You know, this yeah, right. this 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 little tiny handheld torch that ran on like one one AA battery, <laughs> and he was setting the resin tack free with that. You know, I was like, like wow, that's that's pretty incredible, eh? Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess all LED lights or all light is you know particularly sunlight. It's got the presence of all of those those wavelengths. Mm. Uh, so you know, but I, I guess. The um, you know um, having the the right proportions of it will, will set off the the chain reaction in a, in a more controlled and better ma- method. I think. Yeah, for sure. Well, the catalyst will will be compatible to a certain spectrum as well, and to a certain degree, or or an optimal spectrum. You know. Yeah. Um, those catalysts are known as ph- photo initiators or photo igniters, if you yeah. like. But that's that's the. Uh, Single pack resin you can mix in a in a light proof container. It's, it's, it would be equivalent of, of mixing MEKP with um with polyester or vinyl ester resin. You know, um, yeah. And not and and both of those are the same resin you would use in like on a boat. In, those yeah. esters are still available in in bottles that are sold in Australia today and in beast brushes and stuff. The vinyl ester and polyester. You know, so it's yeah. um yeah, it's worth having a look around, seeing seeing what um, I mean. Vinyl ester's got some great properties to it. It's just um, 
for me it just it just reacts to my skin really badly you know i get first time in my life i ever got dermatitis was from from uv resin which was pretty yeah, really? yeah i've had a career in construction from 16 to uh my, my 40s with dealing with cement every day and i've never ever got dermatitis until i went turned full-time as a fly tire and was using uv resins every day and i was getting it over my hands it's crazy man i, I, I would yeah, have, have thick skin so well, the reason I talked about the, uh, I mean, lime, the lime in cement, cementitious renders and stuff like that, and and even, um, you know, just just concrete, you know, um, is um, is pretty. It just canes a lot of people. A lot of people put barrier cream on before they start the day, and I've never done any of that. I've never even worn gloves. I have, you know, it gets real bad sometimes. It dries out and stuff. But I've never got dermatitis. But UV resin. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, what is going on with my skin? I go to the doctor and he's like, oh, you just got to use moisturizer and so I'm like, oh, no, mate, this is this is from chemical use. I don't go, like, I told him what I did and he's like, wow, that's reacting to your skin like that after all that all that time and with those, um, you know, alkaline substances. I'm like, yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. so it's pretty amazing. I don't get it from Razor, though. Well, that's good to know. That's because the uh, tick of approval. Well, it, it, uh, although I sell it, you don't have to take my word for it. I know a couple other fly tires that could give references for that as well. Plenty of people, actually. I can think of three off the top of my head that are very well-known tires in Australia that just can't use any other brand. Yeah, right. Yeah, might leave them for a testimonial one day, but uh, I don't want to throw them under the bus. It might be embarrassing to, to say they look like a lizard some days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you lizards know who you are. Have they been on your podcast, mate? Both of them have, yep. Is that... Uh, one of them twice. One of them twice. Mm. It doesn't matter, mate. We can figure yeah, it out. I'm guessing, know. yeah. I'm just... if, you, if you can figure this out, okay, let's make a little bit of a competition for this, okay? If you can figure this out and you can guess who the, who the guests we've had on twice, who gets burns from uh, competing brands of Raids app, um, I tell you what, send your entries to, to Voltsy via DM at 2 a.m. in the morning, That's okay, it. and and you'll get a you'll win a life size photo of him with his shirt off. Oh, there we go. Yeah, pretty That's enticing. Great. And you can play pin the vestigial tail on the Voltsy. And I've got to warn you, this is this is a six foot four specimen, man. Like, you know, look, I'm looking like the Rock. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> looking like the rock if it was covered in like a uh, thick black moss. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. a rock you could run a comb through, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like a rock that's growing its own bucktail. <laughs> <laughs> thick oh man, that's, moss. that's awesome. I got. I yeah. think I got a fair idea who it is. I'm going to give people a, a clue. Right. It uh, it rhymes with. Cement, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Funny you should say you your your hands got attacked by cement, and uh, <laughs> cement render. Clementitious, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So, mate, yeah, that's been my week. What's your being week been like, mate? Excellent or what? <sighs> I see you got a nice salmon the other day, eh? <laughs> um, I got a tip off about uh, about yeah. Uh, so a, a spot, yeah, and um, and uh, thanks to my connections, um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, Looking dang. Look, you know what it's like out there, mate. People, it's, 
Yeah. <laughs> People fish eat say, fish, mate. Yeah, you give too many clues away. Yeah, anyway. It's um it's influencer eats influencer out there, mate. Oh yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway, um yeah, they go hard those things. Um yeah, they they certainly certainly go hard. They're in a little school a lot of the time and um once you know what you're looking at they're sort of unmistakable but at, you know when i first saw him i was like blunt head forked tail you know what um, made you think it wasn't a mullet <laughs> yeah good point man <laughs> yeah they are pretty pretty mullety but yeah they were um yeah swimming around in a unique shape too almost like a v um like you know max you sometimes swim around in a v like a like a, a flight formation yeah, Attack. yeah, that's it. Yeah, flying wedge. Yep. Yeah, sort of like that. Like the but famous anyway, Gibson um, guitar, the flying V. Yeah. That flying could be you, right? It could be, mate. I'll be yeah. on a plane next Anytime week. Anytime you're on a plane. The flying V. The Gibson. Yeah, and also had, um, I went back to the magging spot. Magging is uh, back for tilapia. It's Nice. Yeah, um, Mag City, but the the tilapias were all up on top, mate. You know where they sort oh, of look schooling up on top. Well, sort of, yeah, but stationary and yeah, like they they've got their mouth just underneath the surface, almost like they're gasping air, but they're not. That's um, I've seen that happen in Wyalong when uh, the the males are on the nests, like the all those plain looking coloured basic bitches are up in the schools in the surface in the middle. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, what was going on, you reckon? Well, I couldn't find any nests, and and one particular part of this creek, you can see literally everything. You see the bottom all the way. There's no nests. Mm. Um, so maybe maybe soon there will be. I don't know, but um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get them to to even look at me. They sort of spook and swim off and go and sit just under the surface again. And you know, um, I just couldn't get neat. Um, so Bunch of idiots. I, yeah, I put a um, put a call out to to one of my bros uh two of them actually um who sort of had a few suggestions one of them had a, a dry fly pattern that he told me about and just gently tickle it over their nose and another dude said you know get a get a wet and same thing just pull it past its nose so did, did anyway, no one suggest a bow and arrow no not yet um yeah that'd, that'd be a cool way to get them i reckon mm. You can't yeah. both fish in a Queensland, though, mate. Just, just let you know, you'd be, you'd be oh, breaking yeah. the law. Yeah, yeah, that'd be another one. Another. Yeah, yeah I'm such a badass of all the yeah. bad stuff, too. So. You don't want to do another stint inside, Volsey. In the big house, yeah. In the big house, mate. Yeah. I've yeah, got, yeah. I know good lawyers, but, I mean, that's something that they won't even be able to help me with, you know. Ah. Yeah. Ah. can beat ah. a verbosity charge, but not a bow fishing charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well... Well, it sounds riveting, mate. I'm, I'm glad to hear you got out. I'm very jealous. I would have liked to have got out. I was planning on backing things up. As I said in the last podcast, clean to get out for a, a Terry Toga because uh, during school holidays, it's uh, it's time out from fishing for me. I don't um, I don't I don't play with that, man. I don't I don't get out when there's people around. Yeah. It's not fun. Is it not a fun? Might go might go out at night, go fishing at night or something like that. But um, but yeah, not during the day, mate. Not at all, mate. <laughs> Too many people. Yeah. Too many jet so, skis, mate. Oh, they're the worst. Mm. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah. I talk about who we got on tonight? Yes, please do. Please do. All right. 
Alright, I will, mate. I'm tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and give this dude the ravest review that he has because he's an avid listener. You know, he loves the show. Yep. And uh, mate, and we're a fan of his as well. And um and that's not a that's not a, a light thing, you know, you're gonna say about someone who comes from the COVID belt down there, you know. Um so so we've got Kyle Jones on, right? And um and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, which we'll find out because I've never actually spoken before, um, voice to voice. But I have sent many messages back and forth to the dude, and the dude is a dude, nice guy. But um, he's got a very wide and varied uh, level of experience in the southern state down there. Don't obviously travelled outside of the state, but um, he's a guide um, that works around uh, Millbrook Lakes, I believe. Works with um, Wilderness Fly Fishing, the um, organisation there. Um, forgive me for a lack of understanding if I have one there. I'm pretty sure I don't, but you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plenty of brim, plenty of trout. We'll get him to shout out his page. Good fly tire. Um, very good fly tire. Actually, I like his flies. He's very uh, very creative and uh, very straightforward at the same time. Um, so, yeah, man, we'll, uh, what do you say, without further ado? So let's get him right. right. Is that right, Ross? Did I grammar that out, mate? Adieu. Yeah. Adieu. Yeah, adieu. Without further ado, let's get, let's get Kyle on. All right, mate. I'll do it. it is Kyle. I just read in his in his, in his um. I just while I was in the middle of that, I, I got onto his Instagram page and it says Kyle, but spelt wrong. Let's find out more. Yeah, this, yeah, that's good. Right on. Well, see, this is the point where you introduce Kyle. All right. Do it, mate. Welcome back, listeners. This evening we have a wonderful gentleman all the way from Dan Andrews land. His name is Kyle Jones. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Thanks, boys, and thanks for pronouncing my name right there too. Yep. With yep. It's, uh, actually, I'll give you both props on that. Uh, yeah. it, my name's spelled K-I-E-L, so half the times it's Kyle, and the other. T- the other half, it's uh, Keel. So I, I didn't like the way Volti pronounced it. He was really, uh, really hard on the K. Kyle, yeah, I like it a bit, a uh, bit of a deeper voice too. That'd Softer. Be nice. yeah. I've done it. Uh, I've done. I've done my due diligence here. I've done a bit of research into the origins of the word Kyle. Oh, yeah. good. Yes. Yeah, and this <laughs> is really interesting. There's, there's a, um, uh, there's a town in Germany called Kyle. It's a shipping port. Um, and yeah, there's there's that place. Um, and also, Kyle is a name. It literally in German means wedge shaped, which might uh, refer to a part of his anatomy. Not sure. Anyway, um, the other ah, thing interesting like a shoulder about, or something. It's yeah, my yeah. feet. Yeah, my feet yeah. are wedge shaped. <laughs> nice, yeah. like a duck. The, the other interesting uh, fact that um, Google told me about Kyle is um, the spelling. Is very uh, that Kyle has this this Kyle K I E L, yep, or Keel, um, is uh, is more masculine, and some people uh, use that to compensate for having a unisex name. So yes, um, that's that's yeah. All, all yeah all organs either either. So I don't know yeah. how that goes, but uh, the truth there is, and I try not to talk. Well, screw it. It's on a podcast now, but mm-hmm. Keel. Everyone everyone calls me Keel, but. Mum and Dad went with, uh, I always say they were drunk, but Mum and Dad went with K-I-E-L over K-Y-L-E because Kylie Minogue was big at the time and they thought that this, 
the original spelling of Kyle was too close to Kylie Minogue, so they went with K-I-E-L, which basically ruined my life. So thanks, Mum and Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> Here's my question, Kyle. Do you think, is there a possibility you were conceived to the, uh, to the, to the music of Locomotion by Kylie Minogue? I... I, uh, there is a lot of a question in that song about you got to move your hips now, so it's possible, right? Yeah, well, I nearly said I want to think about it, but I don't really want to think about it. Nah, just let that pass. Let's wash over you, mate, that question. <laughs> because i got another interesting fact no. that actually it was named after a a, a chicken dish in, in Russia too, chicken kael. <laughs> yes, yes, it is chicken kael. Every time I order that at a, uh, at a pub, that's how I say it, and they... They come back with uh, something different, but that's awesome, man. That must be that must be just <laughs> oh, you know. No. Yeah, just give a second. I'm just messaging mum, telling her how I hate her. But <laughs> <laughs> take your time, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Well, do you want a ringer? Do you want to just put it on the podcast and just give a ring and just find out? Just oh, no, I don't know. Right. I don't know if you'll be able to understand her if it's that bogan. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're we're calling Victoria, aren't we? That's right. <laughs> Take that, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. We, talk, we talk quicker. Thanks, Jimmy Laverty. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Shout out to those avid listeners who remember Jimmy Laverty paying out on me and Vols for talking slow because we live in the sunny state. Hey, speaking of slow, mate, is it true that um, coming up we've got the AFL Grand Final? Mate, I, uh, they are, yeah, look, I'm meant to be, because I'm Victorian, I'm meant to be a part of that. I played footy when I was younger, and to be I honest. Rugby league? Yeah, uh, no, the real, the real type, <laughs> AFL, I just said that. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> look, I couldn't give a shit. Really? <laughs> nah, I don't care. Like, I bag for Eston, and they're a bunch of druggos, and so I don't mm. want to talk about it from about five years ago, so... <laughs> Bro, I hear you, mate. As a kid, I used to go for Canterbury Bankstown with the real footy, and um, I'm not too proud of that anymore. Yeah, no, nah, I just, I just stay away from it now. Someone says, "What time's a footy on?" and I just pretend I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> not speak English. My name is Kiel. Yeah, yeah, Kiel, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. No, you just, yeah, what are they well, playing? Just, what are they playing? What, sure. What's that? What are they playing in Germany? What's a sport I can follow in Germany? Futsal. Yeah, yeah, okay. They, they play soccer a fair bit over there, but, you know, it might be just a bit more abstract to say, the futsal. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one. That's what das I like. futsal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Jimmy, and not Jimmy, God, man, it's Jimmy Lovey, oh. you've, you've just won the game. You just you inserted <laughs> your name in there. In. Yeah. So, Kyle, <laughs> let's start talking some fly fishing, hey? Yeah. So we mentioned in the intro that we, you know, we talked about the guests we're going to have on, and we talked about your association there with, with Millbrook Lakes. Yeah, I said that right, though, right? You did, yes. Yeah, that's one of the yeah, Queensland. I don't think there's a German way to pronounce Millbrook, but oh, no. it is. It's called Dust Millbrook. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so tell us about Millbrook, mate, and what you do there. I uh. Well, pretty much Millbrook Lakes is a. It's it's probably an hour, a bit over an hour from Melbourne in Victoria, and it's uh, uh, got a bunch of lakes there. But to start off, how I got involved, I uh, I 
I've I've fly fished my whole life. Well, I fished those, those Central Highland, Victorian lakes around the Ballarat districts and that area my whole life, and then got into fly fishing. And anyways, I was a carpenter by trade and for years. So maybe I did sixteen years of that, but I I didn't. I went out my own and didn't didn't make it. Uh, I wasn't successful because I was too busy fishing. So I, I and I was hanging around lakes too much. So. I got in, involved with the boys from Millbrook just because I was hanging around the area too much and they sort of probably felt bad for me, so I had to get me involved. But uh, Millbrook's probably, yeah, a bit over an hour from, from Melbourne and Millbrook have Mark Weigel, uh, he, he started that, started some lakes. He he guided uh, public waters for, for years and years. He, he, he ran really, really hard when he was younger. Um Sort of when he, you know, he he would guide out of a tent in Tassie for three months, and and he would guide, he would guide Victorian public waters, and it was it was just hard guiding because because it was he couldn't he he couldn't uh, get as many fish as he wanted because of fish stockings and birds and things like that. So I think I think if I get my facts, if I've got my facts right, around nineteen ninety six, he decided to. To establish a lake around uh, around the area around Millbrook, and from there, now it's two thousand. Where are we? Two thousand. What are we? Two thousand twenty-one. He yep, we've got great. about 30, 31 trout lakes now, um, and three Murray cod lakes. So the Murray cod lakes, we stocked them two two years ago. Um, so we haven't been fishing for them, but they'll that'll we'll get there. Um, we're just giving it, giving them time to to grow before we start fishing for them. But yeah, Millbrook's out there. They, we've got a uh, one, the main cabin lake. Um, we call it Cabin Lake. It's it's got uh, a uh, it's a, a log cabin with all amenities like a toilet. There's a spa in there. Even if you want to get in there with all with a bunch of your mates and have a spa after fishing, I've never done that. But if you're, uh, on, we're from Queensland, mate. Oh, see, see. Yeah, okay. So you definitely will. <laughs> um, <it sounds> like <laughs> Only with our VFL jerseys on. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's got all, all that. There's a – yeah, so the main cabin uh, kitchen, There's I just built being a carpenter by trade, COVID lockdown. I built another with Mark. I built – Mark and I built another cabin that's got uh, two bedrooms and a bathroom and there's a, there's a bunkhouse. But other than that, we can guide – we guide groups, singles – corporate groups rah, rah, all, all that and you can stay for as long as you want depending on the booking sheet and uh and you got 30 well 31 at the moment 31 trout lakes to to choose from so so there's a lot yeah, yeah. That's the book. and it is i think volta you're fishing you fished it a few years yeah. ago yeah yeah i fished it a while back um it, it's truly amazing like a from a from a non-trout fisher's point of view, um, I'm just going to paint the picture for people who aren't familiar with it because we, we do have a lot of international listeners and, and yeah. Queenslanders and even Western Australians, I think, you know, they, they qualify too on our downloads. But the um, – so Millbrook, yeah, is a series of lakes. So they're, they're all on private property. And um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, like you guys have the exclusive rights to fish these lakes, right? Yeah, we're the only people – we're the only people that can each each of these lakes are chosen 
could bang on about this for three hours. Each of these lakes are chosen because they're private. We have we stock them. We watch how many fish we stock in them. I keep saying we. I've been doing it for two years. Mark's been doing it for thirty. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. What What sort of fish go in? We. It's not like we find a lake on Google Maps and go, oh, let's throw some throw some fish in it. It's uh, each of them have to have like they don't get irrigated too much. If they do get irrigated, there's water that can come from somewhere else. They're fertile. Pretty much, we it, there's a lot of money that goes into a private fishery, as in stocking fish and things. And we're not going to well, Millbrook itself won't won't ruin that by choosing the wrong lake. So e- each of the lakes that we've got at the moment, all all the time, I'll drive around. I'm I'm driving around that area every day of my life, and and I'll I'll ring I'll ring Mark Weigel or Philip Weigel or, or anyone involved, and I'll say, oh, did have you seen this one? And they say, yeah, we saw it five years ago. Um, it won't work because when it rains, it floods and you'll lose all your fish or it dries up or they irrigate. So each lake that Millbrook chooses to use or stock or fish um, has has a certain reason why. A lot of them are spring-fed. A lot of them have boars coming in. And being that part of Victoria, the volcanic, it's very volcanic, very fertile, uh, very good for farming. So... Most of your spuds, like McCain's and things like that, they, they get all their spuds from that area because of how healthy the ground is. And being trout fishermen, it's very important. You need that fertile ground and fertile water for weed growth, for bugs. Then the trout can feed on them. There's a lot of thought that goes into it behind just stocking. You can't just you can't just buy a property in the middle of nowhere and go, oh, I could I'll, I'll stock 30 fish, you know, like it won't work. So Millbrook have put a lot of thought into where and what they stock and at what times and things like that. And that's how that's that's how Millbrook's uh, lasted for 30 years. And, and it's growing and getting better, better. And the and and the fish are healthy and and I like to say I don't like using the word wild, and we can have a giggle here in a minute. I don't like using the word wild because trout are obviously uh, native to Australia and always have been, not like the Saratoga or Barramundi that were introduced. <laughs> yes. um, we like fishing only to natives. No, nah, like they're, they've been smart, so we need to find the perfect water for fish that aren't that aren't usually used to australia and and a temperate like temperature so a bore bore water temperature into millbrook comes in at around 12 degrees and a perfect temperature for trout and don't quote me on this if there's any scientists listening is around 12 to 18 degrees and we can get that millbrook can get that i keep saying we millbrook can get that through bore water and natural springs at millbrook and that's where we get uh healthy fish and massive growth Mm. rates Mm. Okay, so how do you? What sort of criteria would you use to say when you look at a at a at a lake there in, in that region? Say this one's going to have browns, or this one's going to have rainbows. What do you what do you do there? Or even t- tigers, which are your latest thing, right? Yeah, and there is, and uh, um, I'd say again, I don't know. I think eighty percent of them are fifty fifty. We'll stock. Here's where again. We'll stock fifty. 
50% rainbows and 50, 50% browns. The catch yep. rate is completely different to that, and we can go into that. But we try to stock 50% rainbows, 50% browns. A few of the lakes now also we're stocking tigers um, and leopards, but pretty much the same thing if you look into it. they're just It's just male or female. Um, but that's only, that's only a few of the lakes. But um, we do have dedicated brown-only lakes because brown trout are cool as shit, and we all know that, and then they're harder to catch. Um, and, and to be honest, guiding-wise, um, when it comes to the brown-only lakes, and there's probably only about three of them, I'll only take advanced fishermen or fishermen that I know don't mind spending two hours uh, struggling. So if you get a fish, it's going to be worth it. But um, brown, brown trout, while we're on it, brown trout, oh, I think uh, they're just harder to catch. I was talking to Philip Weigel. I don't have my stats right here. Talking yeah. to Philip Weigel the other day about this. And fisheries, actually, Fisheries Victoria did a study on Millbrook. Again, don't have my stats right, but years ago, 10 years ago. And it, it's something like rainbow trout are 15% easier to catch than brown trout, but tiger trout are 30% easier to catch than than uh, rainbow and brown trout. So, again, don't quote me on this. Google it and the figures will be wrong. But the we we have brown-only lakes and a couple of rainbow-only lakes, but most of them are brown and rainbows. The brown-only lakes are harder to catch out of, but I like going there because it's a struggle and uh, fly fishing is a struggle as a whole, and we all know that. And But if you do get a fish out of this, we've got a, a brown-only lake there, I don't know, Craig Coltman, I've guided there I've guided there maybe six times and I think I've guided one fish. I've fished there probably four times by myself and I've caught two fish. Craig Coltman's fish was 10-plus pound. My fish were six-ish pound. And I guided a fish there maybe around seven pound and I sighted a fish there that – and when you sight a trout in the water, you don't know. It was over 10, so I don't know if it was 10 or – or, or 17 pound, I'm not sure, but I saw it, it was there. So the, these, the the brown-only lakes are worth fishing. They're hard to catch, but the fish are amazing. And if you mm. do get one and can trick one, it's going to make your year, but it's hard to find the, the client that wants to spend half a day for nothing or that one fish that's going to change their life. Hey, um, man, I've got a bit of a question, uh, a little bit of a different direction. Yeah. How big a how vast an area are these? What'd you say? Thirty six lakes? How how big a area? Is it its own postcode? Is it we or really on a on a uh, on a hundred acre property or something like that? Uh well thirty one lakes, I think, at the moment. 31. And some of those gotcha. no you're right. Some some of those lakes uh we've got very small ones that we call tarns or they might be and 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 I think the naming of the lakes didn't go very far. So there's there's a lake, there's a small lake below Knowles House that's very small, and that's called Below Knowles. Mm -hmm. There's there's Creative. one there's one below Shadow. We we call a lake Shadow. Brilliant. There's a shadow above it. It's called Below Shadow. Is but there, we don't. Is there a shadow above it though? Yeah. So there's more than more than <laughs> thirty one lakes, but a lot of them are small. But oh, gotcha. they're all within. I think from from Cabin Lake that we talk about which is basically where you meet or where you stay or if you're getting even if you're getting a day guide you would you would meet at the cabin lake we gear up you jump in my car 
I uh, try to do the speed limit out of there. But they're all within uh, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Okay. further. The furthest lake away to the furthest lake away would be 15 minutes. But all on most of them are on different properties. We do okay. have certain lakes that are, say, the Ronnie's set up. There's top Ronnie's, middle Ronnie's, bottom Ronnie's, willow, below willow, and stumps. And they're all within walking distance, but on different properties. But you can jump styles over fences and get to them. Gotcha. But but if you if if the fishing wasn't good there, you might have to travel seven and a half minutes to a to a better lake. Okay. So well, that, in the same area. Right. So that kind of leads me on to my next question, what you just said there, because uh, I'm interested as a guide there. You know what the what the thought process is. I mean, like every day with most fisheries, you know, you've got to adapt. Uh, to what's going on and i know um that you know like you, you triades will adapt to the to the et entomology of what's going on in the area somewhat as well but i'd imagine that uh you know some lakes probably perform better in in the morning or afternoon but you know as a guide you've got like uh all these separate bodies of water that must perform different to each other given where they are uh how they're fed um you know even even like um even the alkalinity of the water and the colour of the water, I guess, must all shape your thought process of the morning, right? 100%. And that's that's the valuable part. And, again, because I've only been around for two years a bit, you know, guiding up that way, been fishing up that way too long. But guiding-wise, the you might get a year where where maybe it, it's, it's that volcanic area where farmers need to irrigate so they might irrigate out of one too much which doesn't happen very often but but maybe one gets a uh algal bloom and you can't fish it so the 31 lakes helps with it if you had three lakes you'd be screwed because two of them one's low one's got an algae bloom and the other one's fishing okay you'd only have one lake so mm. it, it, each morning uh, I'd say my guiding we guide from this time of year so it's not summer we guide it's 8.30 till dark, so it's probably getting around the 10, 11-hour days. But in the morning before I leave home, I'm in Bacchus Marsh. I, I've got a half-an-hour drive. But that I get up in the morning and I'm making lunches and things like that. I'm I'm trying to decide which lakes. And that's that, that decision comes a lot from what you just said is where – not so much wind and things like that, which which does 31 lakes, you can sort of find one, but uh, one might be a little bit too weedy. So it depends on who you're fishing with. So there's we get weed riding close. Weed's very healthy for bugs and trout and things like that, but I get three beginners. I can't take them to six of those lakes because they, they're not going to be able to cast beyond the weed or or hit a trout on the nose that's that's inside the weed, things like that. So having that amount of lakes, I hope I'm covering the question here, having that amount of lakes no, you, you uh, are. Is, is handy because it, it does happen. Some, some of them do dirty up. I mean, you might, we might get 40 mil of rain and, and road runoff. Water coming off a road will affect two lakes, but it won't affect the others. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So we've got heaps of options there. So it, it does happen... When I say we've got 31 lakes, at different times of the year, we can only fish 22 of them because because one's a little bit low, two are way too weedy. Um, we've had some rain recently, things like that. I know Mark's, Mark and 
and he's he's good mate Adam Hill, not the comedian. He's a, a different bloke, even though Adam Hill's a legend. Props to Adam mm. Hill. Um, he he's uh, set up a boat with a weed gutter. So lately, Mark and I have been going around a few of the lakes and cutting around the edges, but also like highways through the lakes with with a weed cutter. It's like a sickle cutter, like an electric motor, bow mount electric motor. You drop it in. It's got yep. big blades. Don't put your feet or your fingers in it. And we can cut, we can do a few laps with boats and uh, give the fish highways to move up and down in and then around edges too. So so it gives clients opportunities to cast at fish without the weed involved, but the weed's still out there in the middle for the fish to hide in and for the bugs to live in. So it's really important, isn't it? That's how that's how that's run. So, yeah. Mark, on that note, I'll just put it out there, just to, if Mark's listening, can I have a pay rise? Um, he puts <laughs> a lot of effort in. He, Mark, as always, and Mark did his doctorate or something in whatever he did. He did uh, not so much environmental science. I think it was pest control or something. But then his brother Philip, who's written ten books, and then Craig Coltman's a guide now. He's he's captained the Australian team for ten years or something. The the Millbrook team that they've got involved, plus and way before I was around, is they've had guides from all over. You know, Doddy and people that I've never even met. Um, Mick Caxer I met recently. He's one of the best fly fishermen I've ever seen. All these inputs yeah. of people's opinions into into it that people are listening, and it's that's what's created a. A really great fishery and and we i don't like like i said before i don't really like saying the word wild because trout are introduced but we millbrook stock them as fry so they grow into bigger fish so it's it's a bloody hard fishery and i've and i've seen comments on facebook and i don't want to pick on people too much but i've seen comments on facebook like i'd like to see philip fish our public waters to see what he's like um and then people say oh yeah but you should go to Millbrook or anyone can catch Millbrook. That's a lie. And That's, personally, yeah. I've been fly fishing for, I don't know, 22, 23 years. Since I was 11 years old, I've blanked at Millbrook. It's a hard fishery, you know. It's it diff, different lakes are different at times. But we, Millbrook try to stock them as wild as they can be in Australia, try to grow them to – they'll get honed in on a minge. Uh, you know, like a size 20 midge and and you have a size 18, which none of us can tie on our 4X anyway, and you won't catch one. Yeah, like, right. They're hard to catch. But in saying that, uh, guiding guiding wise, I, I've, I think I've done over 110 guides there now and I've blanked one day. And sorry, Chris, if you're listening, Chris Thompson, he's a bloody legend and a really good fisherman. Um, I've only blanked once. And other than that, I can guarantee you four to more fish. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to jinx it, but hey, Kyle, Kyle, yep. just pull you up there. Is, is Chris likely to listen to this podcast? Probably will if I tell him to. Yeah, right, right. So, so what were you saying? You you don't want him to feel bad about being your only donut, or you do? No, I don't. I don't. I don't want him to feel bad about being my only donut. He rocked up late and left early, but it wasn't the perfect day, and there was no point wasting our yeah. time there. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. and he's a yeah, like I said, he's a bloody good fisherman, but he uh, it just it, the day was wrong. It was full sun, no wind. It was just going to be hard work. So was it a hot day. 
It wasn't uh, well hot for up there because we're pretty six hundred meters up there. We're higher than Ballarat. It was warmish. He's actually had two days there. It, Chris, Chris is one of those ones that keeps coming back because he knows they're there. He's seen them. You can see them. You can't catch them. Um, he'll keep coming back, and he always will. Thankfully, but um, he, Chris, has actually had two shocking days there, and he's probably had two really shocking windy days where he's caught fish. Yeah, but it was just, it was. It just wasn't the right day. That, but we all fishermen say, "Oh, the fish aren't doing anything." It was one of those days where the bugs weren't doing anything. Like there was, there wasn't a caddis to be seen. There wasn't a midge to be seen. The smelt were probably playing cards. Just nothing was happening. And it's a very, it is a rare day. Like I said, out of a hundred or so guides I've done it, that's that's yeah. all. It's and and I've had tough guides as well, but full, you know, fifty k southwesterlies, but. It was just one of those days, a perfect picnic day, shit fishing day. Mm. I remember um, when we were there, we, I think it was, I want to, I know it was either spring or autumn. Um, I can't remember which, but it was still really cold. And um, and we, over the, the days we were there, there was remarkably different scenarios in each, um, in each place we fished. Like I remember the first place, I think it might have been Bunny. The, uh, they called it Bunny. Is there one called Bunny? There's two now, actually. It's okay. a weird one. There's two. Well, Bunny, Bunny on, yep. Top Bunny and Bottom Bunny. Bottom Bunny has had a fish kill two years ago. There's one of those lakes. It's lucky yeah. we have a lot of lakes. Had a fish kill two years ago. and Well, not even two years ago, about a year ago. And uh, it's one of the nicest-looking lakes Millbrook's got. But I wouldn't yeah. – if, if you come fishing there, I'd probably take you there. But anyone I liked, I wouldn't. <laughs> What about uh, that fair, fair enough, mate. Yeah, so, but Top Bunny, Top, <laughs> top Bunny, bunny is, yeah. it's one of those, oh, what do you, Bottom Bunny's, like, looks like a trout lake. Yeah. At the moment, we've put, we're still putting fish in there. It, blue green algae got it, and it started okay. with oxygen, yeah. so it'll come back. <laughs> top Bunny looks like a hole in the ground, and that's got four pound to, to 12 pound and plus bigger wow. fish. Wow. But yeah, but bottom bunny, I think I think you must have fished bottom bunny, but at the moment there's no it's not worth fishing. The one we fished was sort of open and sort of at the top of the hill, but was what I remember was the guy we went with, he he just got a brand new um Volkswagen I wanna say Jetta, something like that. It was a sedan. Anyway, yeah. this place was cold, man. Like it was yeah. for a Queenslander, it was proper cold. Like Oh, you're high there, man. Yeah, yeah, cold, colder than the proverbial <clears throat> mother-in-law's kiss. It was, it was cold, man. And yeah. anyway, and there's these cows, and the cows. Um, after we got out of the car, we started fishing. We come back to the car, oh, and man. the cows were leaning up against the car because <clears throat> they're trying to get warm, right? Yeah. And, um, and they, um, they sort of bent this new um, Volkswagen's um, side vision mirrors, like side mirrors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just one of them was a bit. And anyway, like um, old mate panics, says, Oi! tried to scare the cows. And of course, the cow that was leaning up against the, the mirror, just it, it got excited and bumped it proper. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty funny, eh? But uh, <laughs> it, no, it's good. Well, a lot of these, because they're farm, it's farmer's yeah. land, where uh, there's a few that we park outside or park inside yeah. or. Or we drive through two gates and then park inside a gate because yep. sheep do it too. Horses definitely do. But 
Cows will cows will lick your, lick your car, which I'm all for because I don't clean my car. Like lick it clean, go for it. I don't care. Yeah, right. But cool. ho- horses will bite will bite your bonnet, and they'll uh horses? they'll scratch it. And I forget who told me this. I don't know if it was Craig Coltman or Mark or someone like that. They yeah. said uh, they've seen the cork eaten off a fly rod. So a lot of us at Millbrook because we only have to drive 15 k's. We've got those like bottom uh, bonnet. Sorry, bonnet. And roof suction caps or yeah, rod, rod holders hold our rods on, yeah, rod holders. Yep. So I've got one inside my car for, for guiding rivers, and I've got one outside my car when I'm up there because you're not driving far. But apparently, they left a rod on there, and a cow ate the cork off their fly rod. Oh man, really? Yeah, they're shockers. I hate cows to be honest. I love nature, but cows 300 beef patties running at you. No thanks. I'm over. <laughs> hmm. yeah. yeah, but any. Yes. Anyway, that that particular lake. Getting back to that, they were that that lake. They were eating um, bait like bait fish, and they were smashing them. And the um, the guy uh, the guy we were fishing with, he he said um, we had to do. He's very particular about his strips. He's had long, fast strips, and you know bait yep. fish flies, and they'd climb on them. You know, it, it wouldn't they wouldn't need woolly buggers. They wouldn't need you know nymphs, and you know, and and once they got on that pattern, we all we all got we all got amongst them. Uh, that lake and then the next lake the next day we we, we needed i think is this a, a, a trout fly a possum hair emerger something like that yeah you use them on permit too yeah really yeah right <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. wow that's that's fascinating and another one on cabin lake we um use something called a stick caddis that sound right yeah gt's like them stripped fast yeah okay cool and i've heard of a stick caddis magazine <laughs> <laughs> Never we use too. With, um, now the stick stick caddis and possum emerger is a go to if you trout fish and have fifty of them yeah. in the box. By the way, yeah. What yeah, are but, they? What are they for people who live in Queensland? Are they are they dry flies or wets? Uh, stick caddis is oh Jesus. Um, how long? Yeah. How 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 long does the podcast go for? Four or five hours? Yep, exactly um, that. Tell us tell us about it, mate. Stick caddis is. A hard one, actually. I'm trying to write. I do a few trying to do because I'm starting out trying to be cool. Um, <laughs> presentations for fly clubs. Stick caddis is a hard one. It's a stick caddis is a cat. It's like a moth, but it's actually classed not as a moth. It's uh, a small bug that we. If you're a trout fisherman and you fish, say the Jindabyne or or the swampy plains or something, you'll see them. The snowflake caddis you've seen flying around real cool, but the 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 grub or the pupa before they turn into a winged, before they hatch into a winged insect, there are uh, the caddis is a grub that uh, make a case out of out of what they can. So in, in a river they can make a case out of stones. And if you Google it, if anyone, even if you're not fishermen, you're listening to this, which you won't be. You can put. I know a lot of people have uh, put like gold and and diamonds into a fish tank and put caddis in there, and they make a case out of gold and diamonds. But in a river, they'll make it out of rocks and sticks yeah. and things like that. In a lake, they'll they'll make it. They'll they'll find aquatic uh, scum and things like that to make a case out of. Or oh, yeah. the lazy ones find find a, a bit of reed or a bit of stick that's like cone shaped. The grub hides in it. They that's they're like a 
Uh, what are they called? What are those crabs called that I can't think of? Hermit, hermit crabs. Crab. Hermit crab. Like yeah. a hermit crab, but a grub. And but they they move around the flo- the 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 lake's bottom, and then they they also swim around. So they swim very slowly, but but they do stick their head out. They're very bright greenish yellow, like almost UV yellow. But they got little fins, and they swim around and trout devour them. So lakes in 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 rivers, New Zealand, everywhere. We all fish caddis grubs. Um, some of those grubs live in cases and some of them come out of cases and swim to the top. That's the caddis grub. Um, the top of the hatching? In, in it, sorry, what was that? When they swim to the top, are they hatching? Uh, yes, most of the time. But stick caddis, they do live a lot of the time in this stick mid-water, which is weird, and that's that's before they're hatching. So they just live mid-water, and they're moving very slowly. Um, it, it, if there was a bit of a drift in the water in a lake because there's wind, they will move a little bit quicker than that. Um, remember, I'm making most of this up. This is from what I've seen. <laughs> but but when, they, when they do hatch, they will shed that stick, and they will grub up to the top. And then yeah. hatch, and that's where you get a caddis hatch. And if you do see a caddis hatch um, when they're turning into winged caddis, get in your car and drive home because you're not going to catch a fish. Oh, really? Oh, what they about- just to catch. But the stick caddis, when yeah. you're – so a stick caddis, like a cylinder stick caddis or things like that, when you – there's a whole bunch of – if you Google it, there's a whole bunch of different – they're just – Easiest fly to tie in the world. They're like a cone brown or green dubbing with a bit of yellow chenille at the top. And if you're in doubt on any lake, New South Wales to South Australia, tie that on. That's your best option. But um, when they turn into a winged insect, yeah, just go on. Right. So do they – sorry, Vols, just before you get off that, do they eat the casing as trout? Well, they'll eat the casing because the, the, the grub's in it. Because the grub's in it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. It, so it'll not be like, my top, being a trout fisherman from down here, it'll be in my top three floors of stick cutters, yep. Because they eat it or they expel the like the um, organic material, like the, well, as in the, as in the in, uh, not even inorganic, some of it is, I suppose, isn't it? I mean, uh, the organic material will be the grub, sort of uh, learning as I'm saying it right now, but uh, they'll, they'll expel the casing. Is Or when if you pump their stomach, would they have eaten the casing as well? Not that I've ever kept a native fish like a trout, but I've heard a native fish like a trout <laughs> do keep them, and you yep. do, or even if you don't keep a native fish like a trout, pump, pump their stomach. Yeah, they, the case is in there as well. Can I ask you, are you running for council down there or something? I'm. I'm not. I'm just, just trying just no- to uh, pump trout. I just noticed that you've you've called trout natives a couple of times there. Oh, and- they're very native. Yes, they've been. Yeah, native. yeah. So I figured that that's a very you know you're probably a politician or looking for like the the the, the caddis vote down there. Yeah. There some- is there is very little chance that they would ever let me in on council. Let me tell you. <laughs> There's probably little chance that they would that they'd let you you know. Get out in public down there. I'd imagine if you called trout feral, right? It's pretty tree trout centric area of the country. I missed that. My own computer muted it. What was that? <laughs> uh, no, I, I use the word that that doesn't often get used in Victoria. It's called feral. Nah, it does. It does. And we. I'm. I'm in a. 
actually it's funny like i'm in a oh jesus i don't know if to say this there's a bunch of us fly fishermen around the same age in a facebook group and actually we caught up caught up at millbrook not long ago and stay there and we're actually called the stomp club on on a facebook group message and we call uh-huh. it the stomp club because you think of a trout stomp it on the head and throw it on the bank that's what it's <laughs> called the stomp club but we we all laugh at like there, there might be an article of like, oh, you know, uh, introduced species killing native galaxias, and we're like, ah, like don't worry about it. Like we all, it's it's a common joke down here that yeah. that that cotter cotter pests and trout are native. That's where <laughs> we're going with that, but it's not true. Like cod, pe, pe, a lot of trout fishermen like to put their fish back, and I do too, and I I put all my fish back. And I think I put that down to being lazy because I don't want to fill them or gut them. Mm. But trout tra- are introduced at the end of the day. They're, 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 well, not so much a pest. Maybe redfin are a pest and carp are definitely a pest, but they're introduced. Trout are introduced. I know I know what I'm talking about. I'll just play on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that, geez, that's a, you talk about the podcast going for four or four or five hours. That would be an interesting debate, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But you know, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. People can make nah. their own definitions up about them. We're not going to change mate. anything on this show tonight. But um, I just thought it was funny, mate, because you you did mention you know them as natives, and you know I just wanted to um, bring it to bring it to light and uh, nah. and highlight it and really point out to the people that are listening that uh, you know you're not you know you're not doing it on purpose. Well, you are doing it on purpose, but you're not you know you're not an yeah. eccentric. You know, nah. I'll, I'll just I just like to have try and get a nibble but uh down here in victoria we do have and maybe we'll get there we do have a lot of fish we can target but victoria we're close to tassie things like that the the climate's right we uh we have the right temperament temperament for uh for trout and the trout fishing down is it's bloody good so i try to back it and that's Mm. what this oh super fun species to catch that's for sure just um you know i just i find it funny when uh people don't exactly call a spade a spade about what they are you know no it's exactly what they are they're introduced and and they might be well they definitely are i nearly said might be there if you want to get into the scientific part of it might not be that good for for uh for our rivers and things like that but they're here they're here now and they're good to catch so yeah yeah let's let uh, fisheries worry about that and let's let yeah. and worry about the other part of it I think that perspective just depends on whether you're a fisherman or not. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think you can be both a, a fish, fisherman and an environmentalist, but I think um, at the same time, you know, you you can't you can't wear both hats at once. No. You know, in this and situation. Tried to, but I yeah. can't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think well, it's let, an interesting thing. Well, let's get us out of that danger dead end for a moment and um, and let's talk about <laughs> your love of of the other the other trout in Victoria, and that's brim. <laughs> oh man, that hurt so hard. That was like <laughs> you did it first, mate. Called yeah, Barramundi and Saratoga introduced. How dare you? Oh no, I'm sorry. That what? Well, don't I, be sorry, mate. It's all I'm, fair I'm game. Nothing, by the way. Now I don't have anything, so uh, please don't go again because I got I, I can't back myself up. You know now. Uh, <laughs> He's run out of ammo. Yeah, run out of ammo. Let's get it. Um. Yep. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I bloody love brim fishing down here. And again, if I had marlin or saratoga or, well, you name it, you keep going on. If if I had it down here, I'd be fishing to it. But 
the next the next struggle in fly fishing and I say a struggle because I like that's what we do. We we go out there. If if we weren't struggling, we'd be using worms on a bubble float, wouldn't we? So we all like a struggle. So the next struggle is brim and down here and the and the easier option is and sorry to everyone, please don't anyone roof rock my house. Black brim are easier to catch than yellow brim brim. I know I'm gonna get roof rock now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good to know. Uh, that makes me happy. I always wondered how they catch so many of them. Well, I think you're the first person to say it, Kyle. I'm sorry, yeah, man. I was talking right at the top of you there. I apologise. I didn't realise. So, nah, sorry again. What was that? You go. I thought must have done it again. I was just saying. I was talking right at the top of you. And I didn't realise it. I apologise. It's a. Uh, so um, please, please go back to what you're saying. I, I, I sincerely apologise. <laughs> don't, don't, don't apologise. I uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, black brim, uh, yeah, hard to catch at times and easy to catch at times. But I've seen yellow fin brim scatter from I don't know 200 meters out. So I like to say that black brim are a touch easy to catch. And and I've never. It's a hard one to comment on on a podcast, especially from you know you boys being up north a bit. I've not fished for brim. Oh, above Eden, so I can't say Eden. I can't comment a lot, but yeah, I fish a lot for brim. I, I'm I'm starting to guide for brim. I'm dealing a lot with insurances at the moment. So everyone listening, give me ten seconds, message me. But I've got to get my shit in order. I'm just dealing with a lot of insurances uh, with boats and things. But um, we have a lot of Victoria up into the new south wales border and right round to to new south wales border nelson right round to bermagui you know malakuta we had a lot of brim options here and it's it's an unreal fishery and i've i've started to do a few uh presentations for fly clubs and it's sort of like like i said i'm just starting out in the guiding and doing this whole presentation thing on the internet and i'm a little bit it's a little bit daunting, but I've, I've noticed a lot of people freak out over brim here in Victoria. They're like, oh, you can't touch them like a trout and a nymph under dry. And I work part-time at the Fly Fisher, grouse shop. Andrew Fuller's a legend. Um, it, uh, we sell a lot of good fly products there, but I'm meant to say what rods you're meant to use and what flies you're meant to use, but you can catch black brim here in Victoria on your trout gear stop freaking out go to the coast throw your fly in the water you'll get one it's it's not excellent that hard. it just daunts everyone everyone freaks out because it's because there's no mayflies or something really it's interesting yeah. eh? because for, for me when i hear you talking about these hatches and stuff like trout and you and you mentioned something like uh four very i can't even remember they were now smelt uh uh done <laughs> I can't remember. All these words are yeah. just completely foreign to me. Minge. Midge. Midge? Minge? Did you say minge? Midge, yeah. They get um, on midge. I get on the minge. They oh, get, yeah. Cause, yeah. <laughs> different. Yeah. Little bit. Maggie. <laughs> uh, she's going to be. Yeah. It's, um, you yeah, know, see, that's, I think that's really interesting. Like you said there, you put, you know, like uh, that people would freak out that there's no. You know, they've got to relearn it, or there's a bit of fodder they've got to adapt to and stuff like that. You know, it's just such a big country and a big, diverse range of fly fishermen here when, 
you know, you can live in Queensland and not have any, any idea what the hell a smelt is. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people that travel from Queensland to fish for trout. And there's probably because there's a massive, massive population of original Victorians who just can't let it go. But for us, we just, you know, <laughs> lived here most of our life. Yeah. Know, we don't really get it. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting to hear that you're talking about guys that might live within an hour of, uh, of a great fish that they could fish for in close, in trout close season. Um, they choose not to because it's a little outside the square. Mate, Ma- Melbourne, like, uh, uh, you haven't few, – few of the uh, presentations I've been doing, I don't, I don't talk about Melbourne because I don't fish it, but Ma- if you live in Melbourne, I'm from Victoria, that's what I'm talking about. If you live in Melbourne, your city is built around a, a brim fishery. So – Get, get out there and fish it and then and i'd lo- love to give you more information on that but one time i did fish the maribyrnong uh which which flows through melbourne and second cast i hooked a dead rat and i drove home and i've never fished it again <laughs> but, <laughs> but the, uh, that is the truth. Um, yeah. i thought you were talking about a, a small I dead fish then fishman i see instagram social media rah rah the the it's good fishing. I've just not done it. So I can't comment on Melbourne, but an hour from Melbourne, I can, I can give you a lot of tips, tricks and, and well, just basically just go fishing. That's where they are. Yeah. And, and Brim, Brim are, well, I'll just say it arrogantly to you too. Brim are cool. If you, they're a tough species to crack on a, what do you, what do I say here? On a six week, they pull hard. Um, they're nothing like a permit or a barramundi, but they, they're a good fish. They're hard to catch. They're a little bit smart. They're very smart, actually. Um, they're a great target, and that's what we've got. So we fished for them, and, and I love it. Oh, you you but, catch, and even close to my Warnable, I fish Warnable a lot. Warnable would be, oh, it's three hours from me. I'd say three hours from Melbourne as well. Three hours from Melbourne. There's a couple of the, the Hopkins and the Mare Eye. They're, you know, they're 40, uh, you know, 40 plus centimetre brim in there and and they'll pull the trout backwards. Um, yeah. They're good, they're good fish. And you've got to think about it still. Like uh, the Hopkins is a salt wedge estuary. So you get salt water flowing over the top of fresh water, vice versa. Because it's you get a lot of fresh water flowing in. Being Victoria, we've got heavy rainfall, so you've got to follow the fish up and downstream different times of the year. But it's not a very long estuary. Um, if you're only counting the estuary from the mouth to Turham Stones, where the fresh water flows in, but the brim do go above that. Um, but you will find the fish, and it's not. But don't get stuck on your sounder either. Like the brim loves structure, and we all. We all know that they they like a they they eat crustaceans and things like that. So they'll be on the edge. So fish your flats, fish your shallow flats, fish your edges, fish your logs. It's a great fisher, and I think more of us should be doing it. Like uh, like we're, we're here talking on a podcast about trout and Millbrook and things like uh, brim brim are a great target mm. to chase on fly, and it's the, the same sort of idea. You might need some heavier tippets. You might need some heavier flies and and some streamer looking for shrimps, things like that. Like uh, 
It's not a whole heap different. It's not like going from up north, you're fishing for uh, Saratoga and then you're out for GT, like you're changing your floors or that, like trout and brim, you'll, you'll figure it out in between, have a Google, you know what I mean, like uh, tie a couple of different flies, you'll figure them out. That mm. did get, get caught. They're a great species. They're very, very diverse. You know, we said when we we're talking on the podcast with Starlo about it. You know, um, you know, they're a type of fish where you could, you could fish them off like a, a drain in deep water. It's around some structure like jetties and stuff, and put a fly in and pull twenty out of that of that structure. You know, but that same fish on the flats in six inches of water in the middle of the day is just a completely different animal that will just you know, as soon as you walk on a stick, they just scatter. You know, that, that might be just yellowfin brim. I don't know, but uh, but I mean. The diverse diversity cool. in the habit, like when you're talking about fishing for them on a sounder, like I, to me personally, that would be the the appeal of brim lost right there. You know, as a sight fishing fish, or or putting, or even if you can't see them, to put that fly in so tight the structure that it's such a good cast, which is rewarding in itself. You know, have to be able to do that all day and just get your get your laser sights in. You know what I mean? And get rewarded with fish. Like all those things are, are quite good with brim, and they they're fussy. They're challenging, like it, you said, you'll definitely feel them on a six weight, but a four weight or three weight, even a two weight's way funner, you know. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. You and know, you so hit the nail on the head there too. Like I, I feel personally, maybe guiding wise, it's different, but I, I feel personally same there. I, I sound brim up. I get asked this all the time. What lines do you use? And even on the trout, we can go back to trout here. I always use a floating line. I can stay in contact. They're easy to cast. I enjoy my life casting a Pokemon. <laughs> Give me an yeah. intermediate. I want to go home, ring my mum and tell her what's wrong with my life. I, <laughs> I just don't fucking like casting sinking lines. If I sound, I, I have sounders. I've got a couple of boats at the moment. Got rid of one. I'm using Scott's boat from Wilderness Fly Fishing at the moment. That's what we're guiding out of. Put a new sounder in it. If I sound a brim up in 4.5 metres... And there's a lot of them. I'm driving off. I don't fish to them because mm. guiding wise, I probably should rethink that because I need to get the client a fish. But it's not enjoyable cast. I hate sinking flies down and strip, strip, pause, strip, pause, mate, pause, mate, strip, pause. I want them to be like casting that. Uh, bead chain eye into the shallows. You can see a flash from a brim in the distance. You know, thirty meters from you, mate. A little bit left. Let it sink. Let it sink. Strip. That's exciting. Sanding a fish up in four point three meters of water bores me, and I don't ever want to do it. Plus, sinking lines get caught in everything. Kayaks, reeds, your boat. I don't want to fish them ever. Mm. And yeah. it's probably guiding wise, uh, pumping myself. I shouldn't say that, but far out sinking lines suck. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Don't come to Queensland then. <laughs> yeah. Why do I have to fish them in Queensland though? Oh, not for brim. Just um, yeah, a lot of species here. Toga, barra, those two you mentioned, both of them are, are much more productive on um on sinking lines. So to toga toga's more pr productive on a sinking line? Uh, you know, like if you're standing outside looking in, a lot of people think toga's all about surface and and you know, when you see Articles in fishing magazines and people go fish areas yeah. that you know haven't seen Europeans. Yeah, sure. But when you yeah. when you're fishing for large, more pressured fish, you know, like the um, you know, big 
big streamers and, and fast sink lines, even in still water, you know, like they're, they're more like a barramundi when they get bigger and pressured, you know. And, they, and uh, hugging hugging snags, is that what No, not doing? necessarily. They're kind of big. Togo, Togo still instinctively will, will look up to feed, you know, but they'll they'll be opportunistic. Like they'll take a fish well and truly, but their biggest predator in some lakes, as an example, is, is birds. So they're so clever at um, cruising around looking, for, you know, you know, looking for food all day long yeah. whilst keeping out of sight of anything from above it, but keeping in tune with everything between it and the surface, if you know what I mean. So that can be, depending on the water clarity, you know, um, you know, two metres, one and a half, two metres sort of thing, you know. So those fish are um, much better fished on a fast sink line to be able to cover ground. You know, you'll fish too slowly and you won't get that reaction by fishing a floating line. And those fish will, if you've got any sort of uh, a hinge, between your leader and your fly, and we're only talking a rod length leader. Yeah. Um. Those fish will, they, those fish will have it in their mouth, out of their mouth before you even see the end of your fly line move. You got to keep in contact. Best fishing ever, by the way. Apart What's from sinking lines, but <laughs> oh, yeah. that's. I mean, that's just. I mean, you can catch them like You can sight fish to them with a floating line and a small fly, hundred percent. A lot of the time as well. It depends on the on the fishery where you go, time of year, all that okay. sort of stuff. Adapting, mate. That's what, and I was probably a bit arrogant before, but fly fishing to me, I, I get a lot of people like, oh, I won't, I won't fish to trout unless it's dry fly. That's why I go to Tassie for three mm. days a year. So, but fly fishing to me is about adapting, and you just proved me wrong. Like that's adapting. If you want to go catch a toga in that scenario, you you need to adapt. You need you yeah. need your thinking line. That's that's what's fucking cool about fly fishing. You need to. Where well, hunting's hunting sort of the cool word. I don't know. We're hunting. Like you need to. We are hunting. You need yeah. You need to trick. We're we're about we're trying to trick a fish with a brain the size of a peanut, and sometimes they are smarter. Who's smarter there? Yeah, because we overthink the shit out of it. But the yeah. um, the, the yeah. thing is, and and, and cool. we try to we try to pigeonhole them into something that we want them to be as well. You know, yeah. Which is which again is avoiding adaptation, but. The other thing about adapting to it, you know, is obviously knowing your species that you're chasing or your prey, if you like, and then being able to apply what you know to hunt them with and understanding the gear, you know, like a yeah. lot of people won't understand, like, you, like, I mean, and, and it's fair enough because I'm sure if you lived up here, you'd be, you'd, you'd get used to these fast stick lines for, for Togo, for example, but, you know, no, it, it, some shit. <laughs> if you if you had to, you would. And if that's what you need to chase, let's say you had to chase Togo to feed your family, you, yeah. you, you know, and that's that's. I mean, and geez, you'd be a hard up family if that's what you had to eat. But um, <laughs> yeah. but if you had to, you know, you couldn't go out there and fish floating lines because you like floating lines. You know, you, yeah, you'd, you'd starve your kids. Yeah, and know? that's and that's where come back to me in three years when when I like I said I'm going to start guiding out of a boat and dealing with insurances. If you come back to me in one year and I'm like, yeah, it's going grass, man. We get one fish a session, and in two years I come back and say we're getting thirty fish a session because I'm fishing a sinking line. It's it's different. So at the moment I fish floating lines because I enjoy it. I fucking hate casting sinking lines. Mm. Um. So yeah, it will change, and and yeah, I want to point that out. Adapting, change your skills. If if I was here all night talking about how to fish a smell pattern and a long slow draw, that would be wrong. You need to change things up. Don't and and if you're reading it in a magazine, cool, that's cool. Like a big deal, dude. 
has said that, you're not catching anything, change it up, do a fast trip, do a slow strip, use an intermediate, use a sink tip. It's fly fishing. It's about, there's no rules. That's why we all chose it. That's why we're not playing uh, soccer. What do you do up there? AFL. It's uh, no it's v- VFL, mate. There's that many Victorians up here. It's our Queensland. That's the only reason Brisbane Bears exist because of Victorians that move up here. You know that, right? Brisbane Bears, yeah. I remember my dad talking about them. Is it Brisbane Bears? What are they, Corvolts? You know, <laughs> something like that. Brisbane <laughs> Bears man, had Warwick Capital playing for them. Yeah, yeah, that's it. What are they called but, now? But that's it. It's about it's a the Lions captain coming up with better names and <laughs> more money in football clubs. Football, I probably fish too much. Clubs. Football. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, my old man took me out in the backyard and he threatened to hit me with the stick. This is a lie, by the way. My dad never did that. Anyway, he said, "Dad said <laughs> there's only one good thing about New South Wales." I said, "What's that, mate?" He goes, "It separates Queensland from Victoria." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. You're all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's overshare. I'm good. Very aggressive. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to put it down. I don't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, me neither. Yeah, they've got the snowy mountains. They're pretty cool, New South Wales. But they do. What do they call the beer? The large. You can't buy this. In Victoria, we've got three sizes of beers. When I oh, go to New South Wales, I get confused. Like throwdowns. Oh, I don't know. Just get your cans. The little cans. Stubbies, Stubbies oh. are in glass in the pub. Ah, sorry, glass at the pub. Seven. Yeah, I'll have seven beers, personally, yes. No, a, I don't know a what seven, like the little glass. I'll have a seven, a pony. What's a seven? Just a little glass. The little, what? the smallest glass of beer you can get. Why would you get a seven? Because, what? I don't know, mate, because you couldn't, didn't have enough lemonade to mix it totally? I don't know. <laughs> What's a seven? Do you seriously call, do you ask for a seven? I ne- No, not in Queensland. That's a, that's something, I used to live in Ginderbine. That's what they used to... Asked at the like at the pub when you had because, mate, I used to hitchhike to the mountain and uh, and and live off uh, Johnny Howard's snowboard team, so I didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe you asked him for seven horses. What seven? Seven, ounces, <laughs> seven fluid ounces, two hundred and ten mils, something like that. It might Just be- disappear. I'm gonna yeah. look it up now. Beer, seven beer glass. I don't know. I just know it was yeah, called seven, a seven. Seven beers will do. Seven ounce, yeah, like 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 Valti said, a seven ounce beer glass. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't get them in Queensland. If you rock up to the pub at Queensland anywhere and say anything less than I'll have a schooner, <laughs> yeah. you're out. People get. Oh, actually, I was listening, having a freak here. I was having to listen to, was it Norny's podcast before? I know James Norny a lot. Yeah. Potato cakes and potato scallops. Where do we sit? I'm going to bring it up again. Scallops. That's fucked. If it if it's if it's so fucked, then why do so many Victorians move to Queensland? Because <laughs> it's better weather. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> scallops, like scallops, live in a shell, man. I know cakes get baked in the oven, but yeah, it's, it's not exactly you don't get a, a birthday potato cake, hey? You know, it's potato cakes. You need to change that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a slice of potato cake, please. Oh, no, I know where you're coming from, but potato scallop, like. Well, it's just, it's what they've done is they've scalloped a potato out and fried it up. Yeah, we have sea scallop, we have potato scallop. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. I'm not, not having it. I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> like a scallop shell. I'm out. 
delete the podcast. Hang on. <laughs> do you know? Well, do you know there's people who actually call them scallops? Yeah, that's South Australia, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, they put people in barrels, mate. Let's leave them out of this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it annoys me. I don't know why it annoys me, but I hear it and I'm like, wrong. That's wrong. Scallop. Yeah, yeah. wrong. I'll have a potato scallop, please. <laughs> nah. It must be just that much of some Victorians loopy hearing that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hey, Kyle, I just realised, here we are an hour into it, I forgot to do something. It's my job right at the start, and I apologise for this. Where can people find you on social media, by the way? Uh, it's a touchy one because two days two, two days ago, three days ago, I made a new Instagram ham- handle. Yeah, right. I, uh, I'm Uncle Twist on on Instagram. Uncle um, Twist. Is that just Uncle Twist. Is that named get- after the classic Australian TV show Around the Twist? Uh, nah, it's, and I wish it was, but I'm glad this come this late in the podcast. I, uh, you play Twister with your nieces and nephews? Nah, <laughs> Twister's my nuts in uh, science class in year eight. So I twisted your nuts? Yeah, so it's called, yeah, um, I, I'm, to be honest, to be honest, it's a good joke. Let's have a laugh. I'm fucking <laughs> over explaining it. Let's do it. We've talked about trout way too much. Let's <laughs> yeah, have a good yeah, laugh. Yeah, let's it's, go twist our nuts. Yeah, yep. I don't know how to say it, testicular torsion. So it's when you're twisting artery around one of your nuts because mm. oh, wow. them. I don't know about you. Um, and anyways, I had to – it happened like three or four times and in the end I had to go get surgery and one of my nuts is stapled to the side of my sack. So Ooh. in year eight, like I rocked up school and I always wanted a badass nickname like Stingray or – Chopper was pretty good. Bad shit. Nighthawk. Nighthawk. I was like, that's pretty good. Dragons. Start with Twisty. But coming from a carpentry background, like I I would get introduced to clients of the house as Twisty. So that's where Uncle Twist comes from. Uncle Twist comes from. I couldn't think of anything more creepy than Uncle Twist. So. I'm, yeah, that's. I'm wondering where the uncle comes into this. Yeah, nah, just a creepy, weird dude with a mustache. So, just tougher, like Powerball or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like <laughs> stapled <laughs> ball, strangle nuts. Strangle sack. But yeah. Yeah, anyways, I'm known as Uncle Twist or Twisty due to twisting my nuts. So I'd like to point that out to everyone. An interesting fact we've learned tonight. That's good. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Uncle Twist. Fun, fun fact. And there's there's no reason to be ashamed and a lot of athletes get it, okay? Yep. So, Testicular torsion. Yeah. So I'm not I'm pretty much an athlete. Oh, that. that's cool. Well, you're a fisherman. That's considered that. a sport. Yeah, athlete. I can see yep. that. Yeah. Yep. I actually so got. I actually got. I don't know if this is a weird thing to do on a podcast. I actually, um, Smith Smith Optics Smith Sunnies have looked after me recently, and I had to sign a little bit of a contract. And on the contract, it said that I'm an athlete, so I screenshotted that and sent it to pretty much everyone I knew in my. Uh, so I get I get some sunnies and support them, and they are really good sunnies. I'm not just saying that; they are really good. But 
um, everyone I know, including my mum and my sister and all of my friends now know that legally I'm an athlete. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I'm a big-time athlete now. Yeah, so take that. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't got that under there, like, um, as, you know, like the, the, the genre of your page, athlete, you know, like dig, digital artist, content creator, <laughs> Carl Jones, athlete. Yeah, athlete, athlete. Yeah, I spend most of my time fishing or drinking Captain Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> Either one, yeah. Um, What's the new page you started? Yeah, so I did, and I don't, because it basically that's because of Uncle Twist. So I'm trying, I do really want to uh, guide for the rest of my life, be a fly fisherman for the rest of my life. And Uncle Twist, I didn't think was going to cut it. So here I am, Uncle Twist on Instagram. Yeah. I'm Kyle underscore Jones, spelt K-I-E-L the wrong way. Thanks, Mum. Um, <laughs> on Instagram or on Facebook, I'm whatever I am. Oh, Kyle, Kyle underscore fish, fly fishing. I'm glad but, you. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad you opened that new one. I, haven't. I, I work for Wilderness Fly Fishing and Millbrook Lakes and part owner in, in Wilderness Fly Fishing. So, Wilderness Fly Fishing is... Scotty X, you spell his last name, but yeah, Scotty does a lot of his uh, majority trout stuff. So how do we pronounce that one, mate? <laughs> I just read one of your posts, mate, on um, on Kyle Jones, uh, Kyle fly fishing, and um, the caption is "Give me, give my left nut to be standing that water right now." Well, you can't, mate. It's staple to your sack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. So. Yeah. I'm glad you've opened this new account. You know, I mean, it, it would have been unfair to um, to define yourself by the, by that nut too. So, um, mm. yeah. do you know how hard it was to open that account? And I know it's only social media, and it's lame, and it's not our real lives. But I tossed that up for about two years. Do I do another account? Do I look more professional? And then in the end, when I do get more professional, I say I'd give the left nut. <laughs> I'm all yeah. for it. Please come get guided by me. I'm. I can fish. I can show you the fish. But yeah, don't expect a good nickname. That's for sure. No, no, mate. Well, look, I think you've outdone yourself with Uncle Twist, mate. That one's not going to leave you in a hurry. Um, That's not. Yeah, not and and the bit. good thing is now we've we've documented it. We've put it in the vaults. <laughs> And uh, I don't mean that as in vaults. I mean the vault of um, uh, the Flight Intermediate Line podcast. Now you can refer people to episode 110 for the explanation of your uh, Instagram handle. It's on my uh, – it's going to be on my resume, I reckon. As long as you change your profile picture on Skype because that's fucking terrifying. Which one, Vaulties or mine? Well, Vaulties. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Vaulties does look like he's – um ready to lure you into a back of a van with a promise of candy, doesn't it? No, I think he's already lured me in there and now he's looking at me in the back of the van. <laughs> yeah, we're at your house. Get out, can't, can you? Yeah, and and in, in that moment I'm thinking, please don't rape me and can you get a haircut first? <laughs> funny, funny, fun fact, that, that hair doesn't stop at his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, that's not a T-shirt he's got on. <laughs> oh, good stuff, dudes. Yeah, yeah man. Um, one other thing we uh, we were going to cover, just just uh, wanted to cover on the show, was um, 
your sojourns uh, north, mate. Like into um, recently you're up there with uh, with Jimmy, who um, called it yeah. slow, and um, you're up there fishing the witsies, eh? Yeah, I I was, and so I do through again pumping myself. It sounds lame. Oh, we uh, through Sorry? wilderness fly fishing. So part of wilderness fly fishing, we we uh. They've been uh, Scott's been operating for six years, but we do guided tours to New Zealand, uh, Christmas Island, um, all that. But yeah, we're looking for more options because of COVID. We're looking for more options in Australia. But yeah, I I went with Jimmy, and not just because of wilderness. With Jimmy, Jimmy asks. Well, actually, Scott was meant to go on that trip, but. He's a bit of a pussy, so I don't know. He might have had a mild sniffle or something like that. He didn't go sore toe, something like that. <laughs> so I jumped on board and, yeah, we went up there and fish. We, we fished up uh, off Airlie Beach, uh, 50 Nordic miles off Airlie Beach. But we had, we, in the end, we had to come back. But, yeah, that was something else. I've been up there when I was a kid. I fished up there a couple of times when I was a kid, but I didn't couldn't cast a floor of shit but that uh that blew my mind actually there's a there's a during covid and this podcast and we're most of us uh, are australian i know i know we've got some international listeners but the we need to start fishing more of australia and he here's one like we we talk about how great the great barrier reef is that there was a no pun intended um with a lot of fishing options there so we were chasing bones we went up there for a bit of a exploratory mission chasing bones i couldn't find one um couldn't find one on christmas island if you ask me because i'm shit ass but they uh oh, i fished just to some permit spooked them uh jimmy lavity got one closer in not not 50 not not 50 nordic miles out jimmy lavity got a nice perm well nice permit in in closer towards Airlie Beach, but I got some uh, some nice mackerel out there. I a couple of good GTs showed up. Um, heaps of GTs out there. If you want to go GT fishing out of a boat, floor fishing, lure fishing, whatever you're doing, I don't talk to if if Declan, Jay, Carl, or any of my mates are listening. Lure dogs. We don't chase them on lures, so we're all floor fishermen here. I call all my mates lure dogs because. They use that. Um, they, we, call, we call it quitters. Yeah, just just like novice. What do you call them? <laughs> what do you call those lure, lure dogs? Victoria in Victoria, well, all my mates lure dogs. They're just disgusting. Anyway, I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're out there. Oh, I uh, I fished to a lot of them. I hooked a G. My biggest has ever GT. I've been lucky enough to go around some parts of the world to fish for GTs. GT. The GT is probably one of my favourite fish to fish for because it's a bit of a battle. Like the the first one to quit, is it going to be the fish or you? And this one was actually my fly line, my fly line snapped. So it, a big one, I reckon, uh, well, I got told, and I reckon it would have been 90, 80, 90 pounds, something. It's it's a, big, that's big, a, big, that's big a big one, mate. Was that yeah. on a boat or on the flats? That was on the boat. That was on the boat. And sight yeah. fishing still, like, they were there. Like, you can – well, actually, you don't. You sort of don't. Out there, That's this is what a good option is. So out of a boat, it's different than walking flat. We all want to walk a flat. But 
on the boat, you're still not going to – casting a 12 weight, you're not going to do it all day. So your weight to the opportunity is there. So if it's a bait school, maybe you see a flash, cast into that. That's pretty much, to me, sight fishing. I didn't see the GT, but it was a GT. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that, and then, sure enough, it it come up. Sure, sure enough, like, it was clear as day. It was a GT. Rolled its head, ate the floor. Fought him for maybe, personally, I fought him for, I don't know, 20 minutes. He got stuck around a bit of reef, got him out of that. That's mm. a 12 weight, you know, 12 weight. I'm full locked. Um, I, I've changed the way I fish to GTs. I, I, if I had a shifter, I'd do my drag up, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I just hang on. And, like, I'm not probably put on too much weight, but, like, I'm not six foot, but I can handle a – could thought I could have handled a GT, but I couldn't. And, yeah, he did me, did, did me in the rock, so that was my biggest GT. But um, that'll stay with me forever. That was that was one of my favourite – That'll be a favourite fishing story for me. I didn't get it. Like, mm-hmm. And and the poor fish is probably swimming around with the fly line. Please don't send this to Greenpeace or anyone. Uh-huh. But it, it uh, yeah, fuck, they're a cool fish, GTs, oh. man. That's, it, that's what it is. It's a battle. Like, I, I, that's what I like. I grew up trout fishing. We've been talking a lot about trout fishing, but I like to have a battle. And I, I get to do it with brim and bass, like, Lock your drag up. Oh, get out of the snag! You know you're stripping them. You you're giving it to them, and and they'll do you. And GTs do the same thing. So up there, up there, there's a great option to fish for those bigger fish. But you've just got to you got to overcome them. And and I don't know. I it. I suppose that's it. It's a battle. It's like a you know, like when you're 16 and you're at the pub having a punch on with the opposite footy club. Look, you got to. Yeah, it's smart him somehow, turn into a butchie boy and punch him in the nuts, but I couldn't but punch you, the GT in the nuts, you know what I mean? You can't do that with AFL, you got to eye gouge, now. Yeah, uh, no, nuts is, <laughs> nuts is still game, yeah. You can eye gouge one nut, grab either or <laughs> No, nah, man, I've, I've snapped a fly line on a GT too, man. I feel your pain. It was just open oh, water. It's just, it's a, just, and the, I don't, just a drag. And of, I, don't, I feel bad for the GT, but I don't care. A photo would be sick, but... They're there to be caught, so let's all, you know, I want to pump Christmas Island um, wilderness fly fishing, wilderness fly fishing, who I guide for and I work for. We do we host trips around the world and Christmas Island, but I really want to start pumping Australia. We don't fish enough of Australia, us Australians. We have the best fishing in the world, and we go elsewhere. Let's yeah, start it's amazing, amazing. Let's start chasing guides around us and let's start fishing for the fish we have because because we've got it all. We've got it all from trout to introduced Saratoga <laughs> to GTs out on the islands. We've got it all, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And at Saratoga, you might have to change your fly box, like a pallet fly for a Saratoga. I'm <laughs> your, sure. Your old pallet fly. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Sure. No, mate, it, it's a, the, the the parallels between trout flies and Saratoga flies are pretty similar, eh? And it's pretty odd, mate. They're, like, again, coming from someone who's lived in Queensland for 99% of their life, um, <laughs> you know, like it's uh, – it, yeah. I find myself when I – as the, uh, as the uh, internet opens my eyes up to more and more 
uh, feral fishing, you know, Saratoga, trout, all that sort of stuff. Um, I just, I can't believe some of the things they're like, man, that's what we were doing like 10 years ago. And it's already been done as a trout fly. Like it's just, so oh, similar. Then you start to lean in it. And, they, and like, especially some of those bre- uh, streamers, like the brown trout streamers, like Toga love them, mate. You could, yeah, probably, you could probably come up. Sorry, what's that? It's just a learning curve, I think. Oh, the fly fishing. Is that yeah. on that with, with Chris, with Chris and your learning curve, have you learned a lot from your cousin, Micah? <laughs> I mean, Uncle Micah. <laughs> uh, uncle. Sorry, it's your uncle. Yeah. No, I've never fished with him, actually. <laughs> I was just wondering, if, you know, because we all take in – that's what fly fishing is. You're learning and from family, fathers, cousins. Uncle. You're right. You're right. But, like, I can't say I have, mate. I've never fished with Uncle Micah ever. Why not? Uh, I don't know, mate. Too much trout, I think. Um, yeah, just uh, seems to fly over where where I live. You know, it goes from uh, the COVID belt up to North Queensland, and uh, <laughs> just seems to bypass this this chapter of the family, mate. I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that's very well played. Yeah. Thanks. But getting back to Australia being a worthy destination, you'd be nuts to go anywhere else, right? You know, particularly. I, yeah. I honestly think that. And I, I want to travel the world, and then I start looking at, listen, and I don't like talking about it a lot, so I'm stuck on the GT bandwagon, and I always will be because of, like, what I was just talking about. And it is a little bit wanky because trout can be hard, but GTs are fucking cool. But I, uh, Australia is, I, I wish, I really want to in the future pump Australia, and I suppose Josh from Aussie Fly Fish is doing it, you know, um, and all his boys, they're doing it. I'm really stoked for that because we've got so many options here in Australia. Why can't we just fish it? Mm. Western oh, Australia, we're like the, the uh, Rolly Shoals, man. Like you don't have to go anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't. I couldn't answer you why we don't expose them all, but you're right. Josh is doing a very good job at, at exposing it to the world. There's no two no two ways about it. Like there's yeah. there hasn't been there probably hasn't been an ambassador like through media wise. Like Not Josh really. in Australia yet, you know. So he's um he's doing a good job in that respect in putting, particularly in the, in in modern terms um and accessibility, putting Australia and New Zealand sort of on the map to a degree. You know, I say New yeah. Zealand as well because I mean like what what he did with um pointing out those ray riders over there with the kingfish and things like that as well. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, but um but yeah, no, you're right. Australia is definitely um. Man, I got, I got a lot of friends and a lot of customers from from overseas, but particularly in the US. And and mate, I get I get people telling me that oh, you know, Murray Cod are on my bucket list, Barra Money are on my bucket list. Like it's it's becoming more and more exposed, which is which is really cool because you're right. I don't know why it doesn't get exposed more. I think that we're just so territorial in Australia that we're not willing to share, you know, so much. But um, you know, once it gets out, who knows, mate. I don't know. Like you see a lot of exposure for things like the Seychelles, like you're saying. But you got to remember that that's a that's a guy who's invested a lot of coin into you know an operation over there, and part of what he has to do to get his return is market the shit out of it, you know. And um and it's great footage and things like what Jaco does and stuff like that with the footage he took over there, it looks fantastic. It, but but you know there's not many people in Australia doing that here and highlighting it, and putting it away, and and um I wouldn't say ramming it down our throats, but just making it so accessible this footage and um and and telling a great story of the area if you know what I mean the country i should say but you know films like i haven't seen that film that josh made called australia 
but uh, you know, stuff like that definitely definitely helps. That's for sure. And you've had you've had the boys on before, all of them from all around. But what boys? Uh, all the boys. Yeah, it's the lads. I've, um, I've fished Hinchinbrook before with Clint, and yep. and uh, and I and Hinchinbrook, and I was there at the right time too because I've had some mates go up there and it's tough, like it is anywhere fishing wise. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hinchinbrook, I think, is underrated. It's if if you're there at the right time. So I I've fished for Barramundi, remember them from from Victoria. So three or four times, once when I was nine, so that probably doesn't count. Um, and sight, sight fishing Barramundi would have to be, I don't, I don't even know, that's something different. And that was, and I've only done that in, in Hinchbrook, and that was with Clint, and that, that was unreal. That was, that'll stay with me forever. Yeah. I, in I there, just came back for a week of doing that as well. Table. Oh. With, yeah, with with a guy taught Clint, you know, like this. As far as Hinchinbrook is concerned, there's no one, no one like Dave Bradley up there, mate. That's for sure. And that's pretty well known. That's for sure. But, uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 fantastic, eh? You know, like it's uh, we were there and it was pissing down rain, thirty knot winds, and Dave put us onto him all week. You know, you can tell yeah. why he he's the OG there that just started that stuff. And mate, he's got such a great fishery there. That's for sure. Oh, and yeah, Hinchinbrook. Yeah, well, there's a there's a. That's a large part of Australia, I suppose. We all should get up. If, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to go further afield from Trout, from Brim, from Cod, where I'm from, it's a uh, sight fishing to Barramundi is, uh, well, it blew my mind away. It's unreal. And and it's, and it's it is sight fishing too. You know, you, you see them cruising, it, you know, looking there in their little shallow what do you call them, canals or something like that, but also in the lily pads and things like that. That's an unreal, unreal style of fishing. And and I think we need to focus more on that as, a, as Australians because we should be pumping our money back here as well as following me overseas, rah, rah, pumping mm. my business. But but Australia's, Australia's got a lot of fishing that we haven't touched, brim, barra, Saratoga that are introduced. Um, <laughs> and then, um, let's not and forget the, carp. You know, carp blue, blue bastards. I think. Where, where are they from? They 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 English or something? Yeah, I think they're from Antarctica. That's the reason they're blue. They're just cold. Yes, that's mm. right. Mm. Yeah, yes, I, I think they originally come up as years. I I, f- I fished a permit and I've not brought up permit tonight because I can't catch them, and I probably couldn't catch a blue bastard either. So I'll just decide to pick on them. <laughs> just need to spend more time around them, mate. You know, like it's uh it's um, you know, uh, I hate. I mean, like it's just the same way. I don't understand smelt and caddis and that sort of stuff. It's easier for someone here to take transferable skills to something like that than it would be for me to come down and do that down there. If you know what I mean, as as an example. So what I'm getting at is you should you shouldn't beat yourself up. That's for sure. You know, mm. it's uh you know like casting sinking lines to me is no different to a floating line like a, a six inches per second yeah. i mean i got to alter my technique but it's it's not it's it's something i use to get to the fish not because it's a chore or i have to it's part of my fishing where it's not for you but i mean neither is for me neither is fishing three weights with a, a 16 foot leader with like a, a nymph on you know for you know sort of thing but um 
You know what I mean? I guess what I'm getting at is it's not one's better than the other. It's just that where we spend our time. You've obviously been fly fishing for a long time. And for you to say something's hard, it's probably more foreign than hard, you know? That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's how I look at it anyway. That's for sure. It's, uh, you know, um, you know, yeah. Cause I mean, like people, people say to people, cause we don't fish a lot of crab flies where I live, but people talk to me about crab flies and heavy flies and mate, you know, when, when I'm fishing for, for toga or something like that, and I'm chucking around a, a um, I don't know, like a 3.0 Dahlberg on a six weight and blind casting that, you know, 80 to 90 feet, that's what I do. And that would be very hard for people to, do, to just rock up and do, you know, but that's it, normal fishing for the type of fishing that I have. It would be. Know? And how do you fish to those togas? Sorry, this is, <laughs> this is now a it, podcast about you, but how do you varies. Are those... Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Do you fish your surface poppers with an intermediate no, or a no. six tip or a floating line? No, I just don't use foam, mate. I, I, use a, uh, I use a fly that, that, that sits in the meniscus more than sits on top of it. Well, the meniscus is more about the way the water curves up to it and, t- and it touches the surface. But, I mean, that's not – meniscus is just a big word I want to say, like photosynthesis, I suppose. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it's not the right word. But um, no, it, it is the right word. It's the water surface. We all get it. It just sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, look, um, fishing for tiger is probably not that dissimilar as fishing for a trout, mate. You got to adapt to what's going on at the time of year and what they're eating and what they're doing at the time. You know, it's um. That's yeah, so, fishing, mate, and that's yeah. what we all we all need to come to terms with. Every fly fisherman doesn't matter where you're from, what job you're in how much money you earn, the fish shit in, sit, shit, far out, sit in the same spot that they feed in mm-hmm. and, and uh, well, they, they, the, the fish don't care what you're wearing or what rod you're using, mm. but you have to, you have to uh, fish in the right zone. And that's, I think that's like what you're saying in the meniscus, it's a weird word, but that's, that's where you need to fish for Saratoga. So, well, yeah, that's uh, well, they're just um, you know, things like like it's it's funny, like you know, like it's 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 not funny because it's fair enough for you just to ask those questions, like what do I use for surface for Saratoga? But, mate, honestly, catching them on surface is a novelty, you know, really, and it's and it's mainly the small ones you'll catch doing that. If if I I don't know how wanky this sounds, but if I was to target big fish, like a, the the, lake, the places that I fish from now, uh, you know, I fish from for twenty years plus, you know, and yep. um, and I'm at a point where you know I could go there and, and catch a tiger, like if I want to do a comp or something like that and get numbers, I could go and catch a tiger, or I could go and hunt that one big fish and try and break eighty to centimeters or try and break ninety centimeters, you know, which is will be a certain technique at a certain time. I I know I could go there and fish within an hour and get what I get when I get done. If I haven't, I've missed my winter opportunity. Uh, I know how deep I want to fish. I know the flies I want to fish. I know the time of year I'm going to get that done. And I could change that depending on the time of year as well. I'd imagine fishing for trophy trout in those lakes would be the same thing. It's same thing. And, and brim. And I hope I'm not rambling too long. Same as brim. I, I spend a lot of time fishing surface flies for brim because I enjoy it. It's a... Uh, visual we all same as trout we want to see them eat the dry but it's all about adapting to the situation so 
personally, if I went fishing tomorrow by myself down the Hopkins, down uh, Ben River, Malakuta, somewhere like that, you know, like down the East Gippsland, I would be opting for a surface eat for not only brim, for estuary perch and things like that because they come up. But if 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 I'm not catching or well, actually it's not even about not catching because that's where I want to catch them. If I want to catch more fish, I need to adapt to the situation. So mm. I need to go to a bead chain and then and then I'll get to a bank where it's a little bit deeper. You need to not be actually this is very important in fly fishing. You need to not be lazy change your fly because a lot of a lot of times i fish and a lot of times i fish with fly fishermen they don't change because they're just being lazy they'll just strip wets rah rah you need to change your tippet size for sink rate you need to change your in the brim or estuary perch situation you need to change your bead size to dumbbells to weights hook size uh how how thick your Say if I'm fish, fishing a BMS, Mars Wilson, so credit to Mars, he's not around mm. anymore. Mm. Um, big big fly that works down here and actually would work everywhere in the world if we all fish them. Um, tied out of BMS materials. I got Goldies on them the other week. Yeah, oh, unreal fly, actually. Yeah, they're great flies, man. Yeah, um, one of the best flies ever tied. And my top, top. Actually, I keep talking about top flies, top two flies, BMS. Fish them to anything. A, a bonefish there to BMS. Anything there yeah. to BMS. Mm. Um, but yeah, adapting. And that's what that's why fly fishing is cool. I just want to point that out. Should have been at the start of the podcast. Fly fishing is cool because it's about adapting. Uh, you need to you need to adapt to the situation you're fishing in. So if the fish are down deep cool they're down deep let's try and get them up top because that's where you want to catch them you can't get them up top change Ch change your fly change your sink rate change your strip rate change your strip length um yeah the weight of the fly and then and then go to sink tips sink the intermediates sinking lines things like that and that's where fly uh, fly fishing to me is i fish a lot with uh, most of my fly fishing mates are older than me because of where it come from. But all the ma all my mates I went to school with that are into fishing are lure fishermen, mm. and and they'll go most of the time. It's around here and it's it's trout fishing. But and and this sounds weird, but because lure fishermen always catch more fish than than fly fishermen, people think that's true, but it's not. Where I catch more fish than them because my fly's in the right zone, so they're fishing diving lures. Cool, they got six, 12, actually they've got 12 hooks hanging off the back. They're reeling it in, constant pace, couple of pauses, couple of twitches, but I outfish them because my fly's just subsurface, just, you know, just, just below the surface. That's where the fish are feeding, and that's trout. But that can, that can go to any other fish around the world. Like, mm. you need to be – your artificial bait needs to be where the fish are feeding. And in fly fishing, we can do that by changing tippets, flies, weights, lines, things like that. And the tip there is 
change. Don't be lazy. And it's not about money. Don't don't carry don't carry fourteen different rods. Just just carry a sink tip poly leader. I don't know. Like they cost twelve dollars. Tie that on. That might that might differ a, a fishless day from a from a two fish day. You know. Mm. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, mate. It, that's the thing, I suppose. And we've said this on the show before that uh, fly fishing is very effective once you'll know how to use the gear. And uh, and they, yeah. there's a lot of different variations with the gear you can use, that's for sure. But, uh, I mean, I guess the only thing I can think of is just saying that, that that's very hard to replicate in, in fly fishing is the level of vibration that uh, that lure fishers get, but that's that's about it, really. Yeah. I think I think fly fishing, once you understand, you can, you can cast without thinking about it, understand the gear to be able to put the artificial you choose to fish uh, in front of your prey uh, in an effective way. Once, yeah. And you can do that with any gear, that's for sure. Once you learn how to do that and you're used to it and can can pick and choose, fly fishing is probably more effective than conventional fishing, that's for sure. And the only other advantage fly fish, conventional might have is they might be able to keep something in the water longer than us because of our false casting, but that's about it. And I do I do think about that a lot with uh, with with that that they maybe got a longer cast into the wind or or something like that i do think about that a lot but but um and we've all been there we've all we've all started off lure fishing and stuff but i don't i i still think a lot of my lure fishermen are mates are, are good fishermen and and i'll still go fished for fish or better and that's the that's not because I'm a I'm a fucking legend. That's just because uh-huh. I'm my fly's in the right zone. That's it. That's there's that's got nothing to do with me being good or and then being bad. I I don't know. I I need to spend a lot more time thinking about it than I have. But I feel like I feel like they are. Their, their lure is in the water longer because of the longer cast, but I don't. I actually don't know. I can't answer that one. I, well, it's like well, uh, we can't go too much longer with this, I suppose. But it's it's similar to the reason why people, when they trial, catch more fish because their 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 lure is in the water longer than someone casting. Yeah. And and um, and, you know, and a, and a lure fisherman could potentially make two casts for by, by the time we cast strip in and cast again you know and that that just adds up to covering more more ground potentially more ground, but, but as but i was just going to say but as as hunters that's the that's the appeal to fly fishing is remaking making reduced reducing the amount of cast to, to to a smart cast and um and if you can see the fish it's much easier to throw you know a, a bit of fluff tied the hook at it than a set of car keys if you know what i'm saying you worded that completely right yeah in the right zone so mm. You could troll for twenty four hours in the wrong zone. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like and yeah. cast five minutes in the right zone. Yeah, exactly. Kyle, mate, we we're gonna have to wrap this up, mate. We've been—I uh, won't say chewing your ear off because, you know, like, you know, it's been done to death. But like, we have been talking to you most eloquently for one hour and thirty-seven minutes, and I think Ooh. that uh, you know we might uh, we might have to, in the sake of um, you know, podcast land, that we might have to wrap this puppy up. God damn! I wasn't going to say that. You know what I mean? Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, mate. Look, thanks. Thanks for making the time, Kyle. It's been. We've learned a lot about your name. We've learned a lot about. Um, <laughs> we learned, learned a lot about uh, you know culture. 
um, AFL, VFL, um, Victoria, Victoria. Yep, um, we've learnt, and we've finally put the argument to bed that yellowfin brim are harder to catch than black brim. Okay, well, we didn't go too much into that, but fucking but, yes, they are. Maybe I another time we, we, we might get a we might get a panel of transferable skilled experts on. <laughs> no, there's no that no expert can. Well, an expert is just a drip under water. pressure. You know? Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Hey mate, so, thanks thanks for your time, mate. It's been great. Nah, thanks thanks for having me on. So I hope I didn't chew your ear off, well, like you said, or bore you, or whatever it is. But uh, absolutely not, absolutely yeah. not, mate. Get out there and go fishing. I tried. I try to. That's that's what I try to pump. Even being a guide, even if you can't afford a guide or any of the rest of it, just just go out and go fishing. Don't get too lost in the gear and the lines and the tippets. Just Go out there. You'll get one, no matter mate, what. That's, that's yeah. the mantra of our show, mate. Get on the fucking water. You'll get that's one. It. Yeah, just get on the water. Have a beer if you can. If you can't, have one when you get home. Yep. Let yep. the elitists be elitists and just go fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, mate. Let's get out of here. Thanks. And Saratoga introduced. I just like to point out. <laughs> and Barramundi. You forgot Barramundi too, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. about there. They've been here for like a hundred years, haven't they? They're native to Victorian power systems, right? Well, hundred yeah, hundred years is native, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> new natives. Hashtag new natives. New natives. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, and thank. I hope I didn't. Yeah, boy. Dude, dude, don't uh, give it a second thought. The only reason we're going to wrap this up is because we've got we can't talk forever. We just got to yeah. find a point to can it. You know? right. yeah. Thanks, guys. Good. Thanks for putting up with me. It's all good, Kyle. So much fun. Cheers, guys. See you, mate. So, hang on. What are the criteria again? Um, short, sweet. Um, funny, bit punchy, edgy, maybe. I don't know, man. Short, sweet, funny, punchy, and edgy. Yeah. It sounds like you're describing each one of us. <laughs> How many personalities do you have? Fuck. No, you and me, mate. No, not, oh, not, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, it should have been like tall, edgy, annoying, and, and hairy. You know, it was some. Yeah, yeah, that could be it, eh? Could have been one of us, yeah. What a great show, mate. Kyle was fantastic, mate. And, um, and mate, I I tell you, sometimes you know we we got to look at the time and go, fuck man, like this is this is a campfire conversation, which is what we oh. want to create. But sometimes it gets away on you so much that you're just like, oh man, I, I really got I got to I got to I got to put the brakes on here because otherwise, man, if I don't pay attention to the time, yeah, it's gonna go it's gonna go three hours, you know, and um, it's so easy to talk to, you know, yeah. Could easily end up being one of those things, you know, we get we get a lot of complaints, believe it or not, about how long we are, this podcast, you know. I've never had any complaints about that. <laughs> <laughs> Inappropriate. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, back to our regular programming. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I've heard that people are not happy with the duration of the show. Yeah, sometimes, um, but you know, 
that's the way the cookie crumbles, mate. Yes, yeah, these <laughs> things can't get can't get conversed in a short form, really. It's great. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know. I don't know, man. I, I consume podcasts a lot, you know, and sometimes if I don't finish them, I turn them off. And then you know what I do after that? I turn them back on when I'm ready to listen to them again. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that, eh? <clears throat> yeah. It's amazing how many things in life are like that. You know, I wonder how many... Light switches. Yeah, yeah movies. <laughs> Ever since the invention of the VHS tape. <laughs> I wonder how many people have been uh, listening to our podcast going, Oh, there's like an hour to go. I've got things to do. These fucking idiots. Hurry up. <laughs> You know, once I, on drive, you, I was driving my car, right? And, yep. you know, how many telephones were sitting on? Well, I hadn't, I hadn't run out of fuel yet, but I got oh, yeah. to where I was going, so I just turned it off. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I wanted to go somewhere, because I still had fuel in the tank, I just turned it back on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you did? Is that what you did? Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. So you got no complaints of how long it takes to, to drain a tank of fuel then, hey? No, no, none, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder yeah. if there's other things in life you could apply that to. Yeah, yeah, I wonder, I wonder. Free stuff Food. too, hey? Yeah. Food for thought, yeah. <laughs> 110 of uh, episodes, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we've really, uh, we've really bared our soul on, online here. <laughs> Man, I had no idea Uncle Twist had that issue. Um, the testicular yeah. torsion. Yeah, that that was that was weird. Like to, I, I thought it there was something like he lost a game of twist or he was famous for it at a family barbecue or something, you know. But yeah, I'll, I, I had no or idea. It, so, yeah. Or he's an uncle with a twist or something, you know. Ooh, yeah, like, uh, I'm not really your uncle, or am I? <laughs> I'm your cousin, like an uncle with a twist. You know? <laughs> no, yeah. mate. The uh, the truth was uh, stranger than fiction. Yeah. So anyway, respect for him for sharing that was good. Yeah, Restepta. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Come on. <laughs> I just got um, Amazon Prime the other day, man. I, I haven't watched the new Borat yet. Oh, haven't you? No, I'm keen as to watch. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm I'm working from the moment I get out to the moment I get to bed, and this is a welcome break on the podcast, but. Uh, when I get a moment, I'm looking forward to watching the the uh, the most recent Borat. I would say the new new Borat, but it's not new anymore. It's not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, I went against the critics there. I, I thought it was not that bad. It wasn't as cringy as the previous one, anyway. Um, oh, is it, actually, I don't know if I want to know this because I haven't seen it yet. But have you heard the people saying it's bad or good? Oh no! People panned it, you know. But these are the same people. Is that is that a good thing? No, man. It's, these the same people hung shit on like Will Ferrell movies and stuff, you know. Oh, like, that's not for you. Yeah, it's not for you, mate. You know. So yeah. it only takes a certain type of sense of humor. That's what they're made for. Yeah, people like our want... show. Yeah, that's it. It's not that's for it. you, mate. If you're complaining about how long it takes or the dumb jokes, it's not for you. Yeah. I very much doubt those people are here. 110 episodes and 140,000 downloads later. Yeah, and two and a half hours into this one, listen to the oh. ad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's worse things in life, I'm sure, like casting yeah. at pylons. You know. 
And, and you know what's interesting? Like, Kyle, we could have... I've found so many opportunities in that podcast to go down a rabbit hole, and one of them was about the sight fishing yeah. thing, you know? It, it, I mean, the more I get exposed to more and more fly fishermen, the more I'm realising that people's definition of sight fishing is is um, is um different, you know? Mm. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, yeah, I've heard people, you know, their definition of sight fishing, it might include... Um, tuna or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, a tuna. I was... It's, I was sight fishing at a seething mass of milk. I guess, yeah, you were. You know, there was fish feeding. There was fish there. You knew you were casting at them. But I, I, I'm, a, I'm old-fashioned. I'd consider it to be sight fishing for me is you're looking at one fish, or you know, like you, you've, you're trying to, you're trying to fish to a, a fish that you can see either feeding or cruising or something. You know, you're not, you're not throwing a hail mary at a whole bunch of them. You know, but. Yeah. yeah, most people don't cast unless they know fish is there. That's not sight fishing. Mm. Um, you know, casting, like you said, casting at a fish that's unaware that you're there, um, that that's feeding. Generally, it's a it's a fish that's um, cruising and, and feeding in an active way. But you wanted to see your fly, and you want to invoke a reaction and and move the fly accordingly to what you're seeing the fish's behaviour be. That's sight fishing, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. a version of describing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. There are various versions of it, but yeah, I'd, I'd consider the the opposite of sight fishing to be, you know, blind casting, you know, um, and, you know, truly, you, you, blind casting implies you just randomly pulled up anywhere and started casting. We all know you just don't do that, you know, like if you, there's a reason why you're casting where you're casting. You've found something, you know, on the sound or there's a feature there, like a, channel or a snag or fucking something you know but mm. uh, yeah that to me that's my definition of it but yeah that's i recently had a friend and there's a good chance he's not going to listen this far because you know he's more important than than us combined but um we're talking about uh at, at atlantic tarpon and stuff like that and i said i wouldn't mind getting over to the keys maybe or, or somewhere around this you know uh, in, in the united states for a shot at shot at one one day and he says to me, why don't you go to Costa Rica? I'm like, oh, I'm not really interested in that. You're just catching one like that, eh? He goes, why? I said, I was not really sight fishing. He went on to tell me that it was. Haven't you seen the footage of them busting up in the middle of the river and they put the cast in over there? I'm like, well, that's that, sir, is not my shared definition of sight fishing, you know? But, um, which I thought was quite interesting, you know? Like, it's uh, you can't really go around being the, the fly fishing police and saying that but it's, a, it's an interesting point of discussion because i guarantee you that the people that are listening this far it would be polarizing people you know people would be uh happy to define sight fishing for themselves uh to suit themselves to a degree and that's fine whatever i mean who cares mate i don't i don't care i got my opinion of what it is but it's um i just brought it up because i found it interesting to think that it's um it's so varied um that i'm learning between people you know um you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. Um, is that the right word, Vols? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, look, thanks. at the end of the day... And people Working on my vernacular. Vernacular, yeah. Yeah, oh, I can't believe we forgot to bring up dentition in that fucking podcast. God damn it. Yeah, yeah but at the end of the day, mate, is do, do what you want and don't fucking rely on us to be your, your moral police. But, yeah, buddy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, except... Don't you send. 
<laughs> uh, anyways, good stuff, man. Well, yeah, man. We've done a brief outro. We've done a, uh, a verbose intro. And we've had a very detailed and entertaining um, interview. I believe we've ticked a few boxes there, Volts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with that. I think it's a good summary of what we've done tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this wrap this show up in a nice little bow. And I'm going to say I'll catch you later, okay? Smell you later, dude. All right, mate. Have a great Easter too, okay? Easter. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Don't eat too many eggs. Merry Christmas. See you, sport. Not Christmas, you idiot. God. <laughs>